When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life, but when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 192 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Harris. Aw, what's in a minute? Oh, (laughs) Oh, jinx. (laughs) Oh, Mia Coke. And this episode is sponsored by Amy Hotchkiss. Thank you, Amy. Thank Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Today, we will be discussing the first third. Yes, (laughs) this is one of three uh, parts of chapter 37 of Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix, The Lost prophecy so make sure that you have read that chapter and you're ready to rampage your way through the details why is it called the last last lost prophecy one they found it two uh it was never lost (laughs) i think maybe because harry might think that it's lost and it's lost to the voldemort in the hole i feel like it should just be called sad technically in a hole (laughs) anger Uh, and sadness Maybe it's the sadness of the chickens. It's, it's a department of mysteries. It's <laughs> seriously sad. All right. Anyways, before Anytime we begin, you mention chicken, there's listen. a chance that I could just pop in here as a chicken. I'm just I mean, saying. That is why I mentioned chicken. There's also a, there is a chance that we too could pop in as chickens. You never oh, know. God. I'm laying eggs right now. <laughs> Did you see someone on our Facebook shared a post of they have um there's like a chicken coop and they call it the chamber of chickens and each oh my of the gosh. chickens has uh, a name from the story so it's like I think there's like a Bellatrix, a Molly, a Ginny. There was a, a Mrs. Norris. Oh my gosh! If you have no idea what we're talking about, you should become a patron and listen to our Felix files on the Department of Mysteries. Yep, <laughs> and then you'll understand the chickens. Anyways, uh, let's go to Megan for some weekly profit swish news. Yeah, like other Potter news has kind of been on the DL lately. There hasn't been a whole ton, but I did want to tell everybody that 
this is the last, last, last chance to sign up for the July Phoenix Plus boxes. Um, when this episode comes out, it will be like the last week of April. Um, I'm super excited for this box. We are still planning it, but what we have planned is really cool. And we hope that you will join us and get it. So mm -hmm. just become a Phoenix Plus patron by April 30th and remain a Phoenix Plus patron through July. And you will get the Swish swag box of July. It's it's worth it because it's not even only the box that you're getting. You're also getting all of the things in the tiers below. So Correct. you get I thought, like I thought you meant like the box is really special. And I was like, it's just a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magical cardboard box. No, I so that what you meant. <laughs> so you're getting like trivia's. You're getting our live Discord recordings. You're getting um, puff pastry. Puff pastry. You could be on a Felix file. And when I say could be, you will be eventually, eventually. on a on a Felix file. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you also get Hangouts, yeah. you also get a box for your cat for them to sit in and play in. Also, <laughs> if you're anything like SpongeBob, cardboard box is all you need. Is it? Have you seen that episode? <laughs> it's fantastic. I, so. I don't think I've seen that one. <gasps> Go watch I, it. Right I now. don't know. I've never seen SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. It's good uh, stuff. So. Anyway, we would also just like super appreciate the support. We love doing these kinds of things for you guys. Um, and that is how we keep getting to do them. So make sure that you also follow us on Spotify by clicking the follow button on our page and share this episode with your friends by clicking the three dots in the corner of the episode page. Meatball. <laughs> Subscribe to our <laughs> channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Swish Flickcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Supporting our podcast keeps us going. It gains access to our exclusive Discord channel, trivia games, Swish swag boxes, and more. And thank you all to our current patrons so much for your support. We appreciate it so, so much. If you're interested in sending us Potter stories, fun stuff, questions, concerns, etc., you can email it to us over at swishflickcast at gmail.com. Good mail. Why? <laughs> <sighs> How should I do this recap? I don't know. It's like sad. I'm feeling lost. <laughs> rah, 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 recap. <laughs> Sarah did it for me. That was good. That was beautiful. All right. Voldemort is officially at the Ministry of Magic. He has waltzed in, he is there, he is exposed. He tries to kill Harry, but Dumbledore, of course, comes to save the day. Insert the epic battle of Dumbledore versus Voldemort here. Um, it ends with Voldemort trying to possess Harry, but Harry bites it off with his number one weapon. It's love. Voldemort grabs Bellatrix and runs, but not before Fudge finally catches a glimpse of him. And Dumbledore isn't messing around anymore with him. He lays down the law. And we end with Harry being sent back to Hogwarts via Porky. Also, who is playing the amateur hour over here I'm with sorry. the phone sound on? I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't even hear it. Two things. Oh, I heard it. Two things. Envision Voldemort waltzing into the ministry. <laughs> Literally waltzing. I want a runway walk out of him. Um, oh, an Elsa walk. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. 
Let and go. then if you think about it, like he, so you, you know how you've always wanted, to, well, I've always wanted to do like Felix Files where like we're pitting two characters against each other. Mm, and we always like, yeah. who's more celebrity death or, but... or Voldemort? Well, Dumbledore beat you both. So what does that say about him? Hey. Yeah. Truth. So in the summary that I'm going to give for a third of this chapter, Harry lands in Dumbledore's office. It seems to be in a better state than the last time he was there. Cause remember that was with uh, the ever pivotal character, Marietta. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was after her, right? Mm-mm. No, it was, was it? with Marietta. Was that, yeah. That... He, he goes, whoosh, gone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Remember her? We didn't talk about her. (laughs) Remember her? (laughs) Soon. (laughs) Don't worry. To those people that don't want to listen to us, that's the only time we're going to mention her in this episode. So far. Is it? (laughs) You never know. Megan. (laughs) So soon Dumbledore comes back and there are words between the two of them. They're kind of both blaming themselves for serious death. Um, Dumbledore is telling Harry why he did the things that he did this year. He tells Harry that he's been like what he's been seeing, he being Harry and how he needed a master acclimacy. Uh, and it, that did not work out as planned. All the plans were dashed, unfortunately. <laughs> and here we are. What's going to happen next? More Some feelings. Sad Lots of feelings. Stuff. Yeah. So Harry arrives in Dumbledore's office by use of the port key set up um, with the head of the wizard statue. Are those based on real people? Or are they just like a random like? It doesn't say. Yeah. I would assume it was. Well, I don't know. Just like here's the wizard. Here's a witch. Here's a goblin. Maybe Not it's like, the artist. This is like putting himself in um, the work. You know, Eric Mr. Munch's and Mrs. Rando. Great, great, great grandfather. I bet it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't they don't know that he's secretly like wizarding royalty. Yeah, that's like head he keep it under the radar. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we say that he and Sirius dated? He's really sad right now, too. That's why he wasn't. Did we say that? Oh, I love that about us. <laughs> if we didn't in our Felix files, let us know. Let us bring it back old jokes <laughs> okay so um as harry's looking around he sees that the office had repaired itself during the headmaster's absence and all the silver instruments um were stood up on the spindle-legged tables puffing and whirring serenely and i said not for long not for long. No, ma'am. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't hear him, but Fozzie cried after I said not for long. <laughs> so Sarah's going to go let him upstairs. But I said not for long, and he goes, hmm, hmm. <laughs> That's how I feel, too. Poor Foz. He's a good pooch. So the portraits of the headmasters and headmistresses were sleeping in their frames. And Harry looks through the window and the pale green dawn was approaching on the horizon. Boyfriend's been up a long time. Yeah. Harry? Sleep deprived. Makes me tired just thinking about it. Yes. Honestly. Um, And so... The scene is like 
it's set up to make you feel calm. So the way that the author is writing this, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. There's a certain feeling I get when I'm up really early in the morning before everybody else. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody else feels like that way, but it's like calm. Everything's quiet only to be completely like flipped and juxtaposed with Harry's grief. Yeah. And it almost makes you question like for him, how can things be calm and how can the grounds be beautiful and serene and the, and, and these things are peaceful and he's like being torn apart. He is spiraling. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, that's, that's what happened. Do you know what I mean? When you have such a jarring thing happen to you, how can anything else go be going on normally when you're but, feeling and, but, that but way? But the world keeps turning. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just such that, that is exactly how like life is like you, at least for me, like something like that happens and you go into work the next day and like people don't know unless you say, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like it just is going on like normal and you're like your whole world, like his whole world is turned upside down. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Kara, I was thinking this too, and Kara said, in the calm, he actually has to confront what happened. Like, I know yeah. for me, just like mm-hmm. in general, if there's something I'm really anxious about and like maybe I'm really busy and then all of a sudden I'm alone, it comes back full force yeah, and I yeah, can't think of anything like, else. Like that quiet is like, it's it's not good. <laughs> you yeah. know? Quiet, the quiet can be deafening. Is yes. what yeah. people have, have said before. Like, oh, yes. especially with all the emotions and trauma that he's going through at the moment. And the only sounds that were heard were the occasional grunt or snuffle of a sleeping portrait. And this is absolutely unbearable to him. Quote, if his surroundings could have reflected the feelings inside him, the pictures would have been screaming in pain. That's tough to read. Yeah. He walked around the quiet, beautiful office, breathing quickly. He's like hyperventilating, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Trying not to think, but he had to think. There was no escape. And Harry then goes on into his head and he thinks about what happened. And so now he's talking to himself. He tells himself that it's his fault that Sirius had died. If he had not been stupid and fallen for Voldemort's trick... If he had not been so convinced that what he saw in his dream was true, and if he had been open to Hermione's idea that Voldemort was playing into his heroic nature. And I just said, this poor kid. Like, I don't... Yeah, like, both both him, because we see later in this, in this section we're going to talk about, both him and Dumbledore are going to shoulder a lot of the blame of this event themselves they would both nothing. they would both rather do it for themselves yes but there's nothing there's nothing that you can do or say like harry and we see this like in cursed child because like he feels the guilt of every single person that was lost on his shoulders probably is going until the day he dies like he just blames yep. himself because since cedric yeah everybody yeah. since cedric you know cedric was the first person on yeah. And Cedric I think was he the probably, first, which I felt like affected him the most. I think that by the time he learns everything, he probably also blames his parents' deaths on himself. 
I, I don't disagree. I think that because he didn't really know them that it hits differently. But yes, I think sure. he, I think he blames the whole thing on himself because like that's the type of person Harry is, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, and it's not true. Like uh, the blame is on Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his followers. Well, yeah. Yes. Um. Uh, so his his thoughts obviously um, are unbearable to him. So then he goes to tell himself that he can't think about this anymore, right? Quote, there was a terrible hollow inside him. He did not want to feel or examine a dark hole where Sirius had been, where Sirius had vanished. He did not want to have to be alone with that great silent space. He could not stand it. And so just as he's thinking this, a picture behind him woke up and said, ah, Harry Potter. And it is Phineas Nigellus. And he says, what brings you here in the early hours of the morning? said Phineas, this office is supposed to be barred to all but the rightful headmaster, or has Dumbledore sent you here? Oh, don't tell me. He gave another shuddering yawn. Another message for my worthless great-great-grandson? Yeah. And he yeah, doesn't know. Yeah. Right. He doesn't know. And he's upset when he finds out this news. He leaves. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously to go double-check, if you will, but you know, I mean, he he's upset about it, too, as much as he says these things. Yeah. We know deep down that Phineas Nigellus helps out in the end. You know, he's the one that tells Snape where that they're in the Forest of Dean. And, you know, is like there's where you can put the sword of Gryffindor um, in seven. And so as much as like this is obviously not coming at a great time, he also doesn't know and people don't. You know, you, yeah. you, if if he would have known, I don't think he would have used I don't those words per that. se. Yes. I don't want us to hate on uh, Phineas Nigellus, which I don't think we would. I mean, I don't think I'm sure if I'm being, have. I think he just is like keeping up that like almost facade where like he's always yes. been, had that attitude. So yeah. like, I don't, he probably doesn't genuinely think that his grandson or great, great grandson is worthless. Right. He just, I mean, he I knows, think he's saying that because yeah. he's probably the type of person that likes to get a little bit of a rise out of people. And he knows that's going to annoy Harry. Yeah. At the end of the day, he would never think that Sirius was worthless and then go on to help the cause later. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I did say, woof, what a thing for Harry to hear at this time. Yeah. Because it is. I mean, that's like a shot to the gut. A big old punch. Um, Harry says nothing. Literally says nothing. And he goes on to think that he knows that Phineas doesn't know that Sirius is dead and he couldn't bring himself to fill him in on the situation because then he would have to say the words out loud, thus making it true and absolute. I just have a horrible song stuck in my head and that's making me laugh. Finny doesn't know. Uh, (laughs) Do you want to try a verse or are we going to leave it at that? time or the place okay i didn't know (laughs) i didn't know um a few more of the portraits are waking up probably because of their conversation and it's been quiet and harry went across the room to open the door because he was filled with quote terror at the thought of being interrogated by the portraits terror I, I think part of when does Harry Potter feel fear? He usually runs on adrenaline and can't recognize fear. It's the first time you say something like that out loud. The words mm. to say it, to say like Sirius is dead. 
um it 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 can be the worst thing he's would ever have said you know what i mean yeah. like i've been there where i've had to tell my mom that someone died and to this day it was the one of the worst things i've ever had to do yeah um so i i can understand like I, I can understand why he he doesn't want to get interrogated. He doesn't want to talk about it because that's that's also Harry. That's how he copes is mm-hmm. he kind of shuts in on, on in on himself and doesn't talk about things. Yeah. Um, and for it to be so fresh in his mind and to he doesn't want to say the words because then he he knows he knows exactly what happened. He knows that he's gone. But saying it out loud is like making it takes it next level. Solidly true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's just an it's it's terrible to say that out loud yeah um so he's at the door right and the doorknob won't turn he's stuck quote i hope this means said the corpulent red-nosed wizard who hung on the wall behind dumbledore's desk that dumbledore will soon be back with us and it's a question and so i was like who dat who dat who dat who dat witch zerd it's dexter fortescue Hey, hey, hey ice, cream, ice cream dude. I know. I was like, oh, okay. Do uh, you, will you get us honey hut, sir? That's what we prefer. <laughs> so according to the lexicon, uh, Dexter Fortescue is the red nosed corpulent wizard who was one time a headmaster at Hogwarts and his portrait hangs in the headmaster's office. I find this interesting because uh, this portrait is hanging behind Dumbledore's chair now. And then like, when Dumbledore dies, his portrait is there. But he wasn't the headmaster before Dumbledore. Yeah, you'd think it'd be Dippet. Maybe it yeah. has to do with how highly you're regarded. So Dippet sucked. Dip it sucked. Or maybe Dippet was like, I don't want to look at the back of his head all the time. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> maybe I they draw stand straws. That goofy hat. There's too many hats, <laughs> long hair. <laughs> um, notes on mr dexter in his laboratory possible (laughs) relation to florian fortescue who is uh the ice cream parlor owner in diagon alley what it just it just makes me think of like willy wonker like charlie and the chocolate factory when like before they get there and they're at that like shop with like all the candy Mm. just makes you think i love that scene He's the ice cream man. Da, 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 da. I know candy that's man. not a song. That's a sasa original. Candy man can. The ice cream man yeah. can. <laughs> I love it. So the wizard is eyeing him, and Harry then tries the doorknob again. And then the wizard goes on to tell Harry that it's been very dull without Dumbledore. And I know that we questioned a lot. Dumbledore's whereabouts whether he actually left the office and this is evidence to say that yes he wasn't there oh that's true that is true it's um, true good point so Tiff you'll be go proud ahead. of me go ahead. I just read this part in the uh in the Dumbledore book titled Dumbledore the life and lives of Hogwarts renowned headmaster and this is like direct correlation to the fact that he he has begun searching for Horcruxes at this point. Yes. What's a Horcrux? I've I don't know, word. and I've We're been dying to find, find out. out. But I heard rumor on the street is it's the Horcrux. It's always the Horcrux. I've heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> and I also really loved in this book that he talks about the author talks about um, how 
Dumbledore was just kind of biding his time for an out to be able to go and do this because it would be suspicious to fudge and umbrage if he just <laughs> left. Sauce. Um, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. So that's don't why he kind suspicious. of encouraged the the opportunity to arrive for him to leave and yes. not be suspicious that he's just gone. Yes. 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 Take a leave of absence. This is time for him to work. Time for him to figure things out. Work. work Other work, people work, are on work. goose chases. Um, and this is when he is beginning to look for the ring. Wait, the are we in the ring the to find them? <laughs> uh, what there is well. Frodo? <laughs> Dear Bilbo, Bilbo. Who's got the ring right now? Do? Precious. <laughs> 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 well, and we know he finds it because uh, next time we see him, he's thrown over to Mordor. Got a dead hand. Where it goes? Dead hand. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. What it is? I know it's just. <laughs> is creepy. that where they throw the ring though in Mordor? Yeah, I think so. See, look, I know that. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> we know this. I've watched all of the movies. I I've have too. Tried to read the books, but they're not. Steph Runa Holmes is reading them. Good luck to you. So, all right. <laughs> Anyways, Did you say good enough for me. I said good luck to you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh it is good enough for me that she reads them yes because i'm not going to i don't think any hoosies um quote and this is uh, uh dexter's laboratory talking right now dumbledore thinks very highly of you as i'm sure you know he said comfortably oh yes holds you in great esteem and the guilt filling the the hole in harry's chest like some monstrous, weighty parasite now writhed and squirmed. Harry could not stand this. He could not stand being Harry anymore. This is where I get really upset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had never felt more trapped inside his own head and body. Never wished so intensely that he could be somebody, anybody else. Yeah. And he goes on to say some more uh, more direct things mm-hmm. later on that are just absolutely heartbreaking. And I can absolutely see, you know, why he's saying these things. Yeah, I think he's such kind of, trauma and yes. loss he's over exhausted. and over. And thinking like how uh, what he had to witness that night and how. Yes, they came out where, like, Voldemort is going back in his little thing, but, like, this is not the end. So he's probably also thinking, like, I just lost the one of the most important people in my life. Like, what else? What else? Because it's not ending. Um, and that's a scary thought. Overwhelmingly scary. I would, I could, un- I can understand why. Yeah. He's and, and I was talking to Megan about this earlier today. And... And we'll talk about this later, but just to like piece this in, if we think about how Harry, it's just loss after loss after traumatic event after traumatic event. And it's like people say, well, why didn't Dumbledore tell him everything? Why wouldn't you tell him everything? We'll talk about that. And it's like. Let him be a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let him live a life that's not. But also having that over you about this, we're like he's speculated for a long time 
on a lot of things. And it's not until a lot of stuff happens that he realizes exactly like a hundred percent. You get a hundred percent. confirmed. And you but can't also, just throw out information like that yes. if you are not one hundred percent sure. Also, you don't For know sure. how he's going to react and how that's going to change other things. Correct. But also, free will, man. People need to remember that Dumbledore is human, and I'm going to talk about that in my section because. Uh, <sighs> He's not like some god or like some all wise, all knowing being. Thank you. He's human. Thank you. <laughs> and humans make mistakes. I just and he owns up to it. I just love everything that you're saying right now. Um. So going back <laughs> to my section because I know we're we're gonna have some things to say, and in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so just then the fireplace burst into emerald green. Oh, that was not great. There we go. Emerald green flames. And Harry was startled and he leapt away from the door and Dumbledore unfolded himself from the fire, which makes me feel like his fireplace definitely isn't very tall for him. If he's unfolding himself. How tall is he? Do we know? He, I feel like he's tall. Seven foot. I no, also feel like he's tall. tall to you. I feel is like he he's tall like because six, he wears three. heeled boots. Dude, he well, would wear heeled he boots. Also gets how, boots. How tall are his heeled boots? Like, I don't know, maybe inch like five inches. Two. I That's don't think what? <laughs> are you out of your He's like walking in stilettos down Privet Drive. He's got platform shoes. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, we needed something to laugh about, okay? Five inch I stilettos. Can't. I I can't. Somebody draw it. In my mind, do they have spells or something they put on their feet to make their Google says feet six not one. Hurt? That feels too short. I don't like that. I feel I feel like he should be at least as tall as Marty. Why? I don't know. The internet's 5'11. <laughs> That's wrong. The internet oh my can gosh. kiss my butt. It's on the wiki it says 5'11. Also can kiss my butt. Um Six one plus heels. I guess. <laughs> I yeah, so six six. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Like I can understand. Like I would say the highest I would go for him was like what? And why is he wearing heeled boots unless he's shorter? I mean, a tall man can wear shoes too. Because he's Not confident, shoes, like Sarah. Boots. Yeah, but like he likes I want strut. him to work it. Yes, I just yeah. feel like. I don't know. Heels are painful, man. Well, maybe I imagine him like style. strutting his stuff. I say this. I think I'm the only one in this podcast that really wears Swift. them. Yeah, I don't wear those. <laughs> maybe he, his robes are too long. He doesn't want to get them fixed, so he just wears high heels. There I just go. picture um, there's like somebody's dress at an cool. award show where their whole leg was out. Angelina Jolie's dress. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I yes. It. I want that for Dumbledore. In his I need robes. that in my life. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Anyways. So Dumbledore gets out of the fire and many of the portraits were startled awake. So now all of them are pretty much awake and they gave cries of welcome to him. And Dumbledore gave them soft, like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Um, and I was like, okay, well, who are the portraits? Because we know some of them, but so I just want to quickly go through the list of known headmasters with portraits. After he dies, Dumbledore. <laughs> Ambrose Swat, Armando Dippet, Basil Fronsack, Brian Gagwild, Dexter Fortescue, Dilius Derwent, Edessa Sackendenberg, 
Everard, no last name, also known as Cher. Just kidding. Cher has one name. Get it? That's funny. Oh, Heliotrope no. Wilkins, <laughs> Phineas Nigelis Black. That's funny. If you didn't know. Violet is worse. So meaning it's not funny. If I had to tell you, it's funny. You said it, not me. Portrait of a bearded man holding a book. That's really me. Okay. <laughs> Quentin Trimble, Severus Snape, after biting it. Vindictus Vitteran, Volpus, Walter Aragon, Unidentified Hogwarts, Headmaster, Unidentified Hogwarts, Headmistress, Unidentified Resting Headmaster, Unidentified <laughs> Sleeping Headmaster with Apple, Unidentified <laughs> Sleeping Headmaster with Book. And I'm I think the one with the book. I think those are from movies. <laughs> the movies. Oh my gosh. Anyways. Do you, do you think the founders it. are in portraits anywhere? Gosh, I would hope so. Why wouldn't they be? Why? Like, well, yeah. maybe. Well, yeah. they, no. Well, don't they? Doesn't he talk to Rowena? Is that that? Just no, she, she's a ghost. The daughter's a ghost. The yeah. daughter's about a the ghost. mom. He doesn't talk to her. He talks. No, he to talks the to Luna. Oh, yeah. But isn't her portrait? I'll Google. Let's so he talks. Gal. He yeah. talks to um the gray lady which is her daughter yes i know that but she's not a portrait i i know that but we he knows this but he doesn't talk to rowena I think he does in the movie i swear to god well no because it's played by that one chick from that one show we watched about <laughs> irish people that one person <laughs> at that one show what or maybe it was the one with steve buscemi that show about the things and the games. About, are you talking about her daughter? Yeah. She was in that show. Come Game on, guys. <laughs> she Game right in that show with I'm those people. <laughs> I'm a mess. Just type in Steve Buscemi. And, <laughs> and we'll Why would I type Boardwalk you? Empire? Yes. I never watched that. It's so good. Not for children. Yeah, so she, so she plays the ghost. Oh god, I got that. Thanks. <laughs> There's no portrait, is what I'm saying. For the thirtieth, I'm time. not talking about her. I'm talking about Rowena, you her mother. There's no portraits of them. Maybe not in the movies, but maybe in the book. That's what I'm saying. Do you want to know where not there are portraits of them in the Wizarding World in Orlando, Florida? True that. Potter, 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 Potter. There's a statue of her in Ravenclaw. The boy who lived more like the boy who survived no. by the seat of his parents. Oh my God. <laughs> you know that we've gone through that line too many times when. <laughs> Listen, the ride stopped and I was stuck in that room for like an hour, which was great, but I, I just learned everything. Oh my gosh. That sounds miserable. No, it was pretty good. <laughs> Not a pretty good. <laughs> all right so to, to end my little part here um he being dumbledore did not look at harry at first but made his way to the perch beside the door and placed the little wee bb fox back into his little nesty poo the baby. all right it's green now let's get sad uh, i'm already sad <laughs> <laughs> Let's so, get sad. Let's get sad. <laughs> um. Anyway, 
So he then directs his attention at Harry. He says, well, Harry, you'll be pleased to hear that none of your fellow students are going to suffer lasting damage from the night's events. So let's recap what all is wrong with everyone. Let's what? Yikes. Ruh, 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 recap. Thank you. Ginny. Okay. That was pretty good. Broken ankle. Neville. Broken nose. And broken wand. Ron. But he got better. <laughs> but he got better. He got, he got better. Got he got better. better. Like Ron welts from the brains and Hermione Dalahov's curse. Welts from the brains sounds like you were thinking too hard. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? I got welts um, from the brains. <laughs> so I gotta say, out of these four, I think Hermione's in the worst shape. Yeah. And then Ron. But it but it does also seem like real really Ron is totally fine minus scarring which obviously is not what? cool but what happened to luna i think she was oh, wasn't oh, she unconscious yeah oh, i forgot about luna wow yeah, i know i'll look her up i'll look she, her up so i said it sorry raven club <laughs> representation <laughs> <laughs> sorry i guess i was only caring about the gryffindors tonight <laughs> hey <laughs> Tisk, tisk. I'm into um, that. So, okay. So, but I do think that it's important to say here that Dumbledore does reassure him and us that there is no lasting damage, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So Harry tried to say good, but nothing came out. And it felt like Dumbledore was reminding him about the amount of damage he had caused tonight. Clearly, this is not what Dumbledore meant to do. This is Harry's anxiety getting the best of him. Because whenever Harry did glance over at Dumbledore, his look did not look accusatory. It looked very kind. Um, he says, Madam Pomfrey is patching everybody up now. Can we just give this lady some much deserved credit? Because she legit has to be the most BA healer to deal with all of these things the past five years. Including taking care of the members of the order who were injured on top of these students. On top of what other random stuff is going on at the school during this time, too. Because you know that there's probably some kid who, like, backfired a spell on their head or whatever and just got a fix. (laughs) Did did the order, did she take care of them? Because they said that Chance is at St. Mungo's. She did, because he then says that she'll have to be transferred. So, like, initially... Yeah, he says she will maybe need to spend some time at St. Mungo's. So that's me assuming that because I believe that Kingsley got injured, not severely, but he was injured and so was Moody for sure. And he mentions Madame Pomfrey. He mentions Madame Pomfrey taking care of, I think, at least Moody. And then mentions the Nymphador. He says Tonks will probably need to spend some time in St. Mungo's. And then I just need to point this out again. Like, did she die? Because I actually really love that theory. (laughs) Moody's attempts to revive her because she may not have died from Avada. Like, I think that that's legit. I don't mean to laugh at that, but I keep thinking of like that meme or whatever. But did you die? die?" See, in my (laughs) head, when I read it, I felt that she did die. That's and I, then Moody helped to bring her back in some kind of yeah way some kind and of then, magical CPR mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I just feel like in my head, the way that I read that was she, she was dead. So I think that I would assume that there are ways to help revive someone if done almost immediately, which Moody really does to Tonks. It is like as quick as quick as he can, he gets over to her. So I think that it is possible that she could have. Yeah. And he brought her back in time. Yeah, I agree. And I yes. also like think that maybe that could have added to maybe her Patronus when it changes the following year because she goes through all these traumatic events. Yeah. And then the whole Lupin thing causes a trigger to, her, to make it change. That's that's also hard. So maybe maybe all of those things compounded together affected it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just thoughts to think. I it's I think maybe we're left to kind of interpret it in our own way, the same yeah. as we are with Lavender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Harry then thought about how all the po- all the portraits must be wondering what had happened because they're standing there clearly distraught. Dumbledore's talking about all of these injuries, but like all the portraits are still in the dark, basically, as to what has happened this evening. And the fact that, like, Dumbledore's back. that He hasn't been back into this office until right now. Yeah. Um, so then Dumbledore says, I know how you are feeling, Harry. And this part hurts so bad for me, like, reading it, especially, like, knowing what we know finishing the series. He really mm-hmm. does know. He, he really, really does. does know. And Harry is just pushing back so hard because he doesn't understand. He has no way to know that Dumbledore does actually know. Um, So he says, no, you don't. His voice was loud and strong. White hot anger leapt inside him. Dumbledore knew nothing of his feelings. And I just wanted to be like, but he does, Harry. He really does. (laughs) Which, But if you think with Harry, like he has not um, ever like had someone like it was an entire life basically until he got to Hogwarts. Like he didn't have people that cared about him or that like talked about feelings things like this you know what i mean he had a very stunted upgrowing so like he doesn't know how to talk about feelings yes and he doesn't know that like he's not alone that like all like other people also feel a lot of the things that he feels and he always has to deal and figure it out on his own and he still does it in seven even though he has his two best friends that he does confide in but he doesn't always confide everything all the time yeah. Well, Dumbledore just doesn't trust people. He, he doesn't entrust information to people, which is partially one of his flaws, but also one of the reasons why he's successful in a lot of things that he does. So it's Give a double-edged it. sword. Mm-hmm. When I think at this point in time, and I think I've talked about it in past episodes with how he feels with Harry, like, we know he does end up telling him, like, I think in Cursed Child, he's like, that I did love you. Like, he cares mm-hmm. for Harry. But I think in in part of what he does with distancing himself because he doesn't want the whole manipulation thing, but also he's guarding his own heart because he has gone through this and he knows how much it hurts to lose someone you care about so much. Yeah. And he doesn't want himself to have to go through it again. And he avoids knowing, yeah. I mean... Dumbledore could have figured out whether or not he was the person that cast that killing or the spell that killed Ariana. And he doesn't confront that and he doesn't face that. Not saying he should or should not either way, but I'm just saying like, 
both of them don't deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, I mean, we know this, but I just said, let us remember Ariana. We what? <laughs> what? We know we this. <laughs> Did I say that? No. We want to say We say this. But let us remember Ariana and how Dumbledore believes her death to be his fault, just like Harry does right now with Sirius. So, like, there really is a direct comparison here, but also Dumbledore is understanding that Harry really just kind of needs to vent this out. Um, And him staying calm, while in some sense it's infuriating to Harry, I think it also does help Harry. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's Again, like this is just a really hard situation for anybody to be in, Harry and Dumbledore. Um, so I think that the way that he handles this situation in the end is correct, even though at times it does frustrate Harry. So Phineas Nigellus, being the snaky snake that he is, is snarky here and says, you see, Dumbledore, never try to understand the students. They hate it. Mm-hmm. They would much rather be tragically misunderstood, wallow in self-pity, stew in their own but Voldemort cuts him off. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's back. <laughs> oh man, Dumbledore! Dumbledore cuts him off. Oh man, that's a big mess up. All right. <laughs> But Dumbledore cuts him off and says, still calmly, that's enough, Phineas. So Harry reminisces about the time Sirius came. At this point, like Harry's just kind of gazing out the window and he sees the Quidditch pitch. And he begins reminiscing about the time Sirius came to see him play Quidditch in Prisoner of Azkaban. And he says Sirius was probably wondering if he was as good as James was. And Harry's now beginning to question why he didn't ask him about it. And I think that he's going to go down the spiral with a lot of things. Why didn't I ask Sirius about this? Why didn't I ask him about that? It's like, well, I mean, he does the same thing when Dumbledore dies, too. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, well, I think like I know he's had a lot know. of death around him. But when you're younger, like you, you think that like people are going to live forever. And like there's no possible way that like they could die be- in, in this, even though. And I know that he's seen death. He's been around it. It's been very much a part of his life almost from the beginning. Um, but yeah. sometimes when you're a kid, you don't you don't always think that it's inevitable or it's going to happen so soon you think oh, i have time i have time mm-hmm. where you do but you also don't because you as my mother would say you only own today mm. you don't know what's gonna yeah. happen wise words um so hair or dumbledore continues and says there's no shame in what you're feeling harry on the contrary the oh. fact that you can feel pain like this is your greatest strength And I get what Dumbledore is saying here, but this just isn't what Harry wants to hear right now. Absolutely (laughs) not. You're so fired up. What, me? It's not what he wants to hear. Yeah. It's it's not. (laughs) But like, like I just said, like, this is just a really hard situation. And Harry, Harry gets even more angry. He's not feeling, he was not feeling, wait, what? Oh, I meant to say Mm -hmm. he's now feeling, sorry. He's now feeling empty and this desire to hurt Dumbledore for his calmness and his empty words 
was filling his emptiness. He just wanted to hurt Dumbledore because he was just so angry at everything that happened. Yeah. And Dumbledore, no, Harry goes, my greatest strength is it? And he's kind of snarky, like, like angry snarky. Like you haven't got a clue. You don't know. And I think he's trying to say he doesn't have a clue as to why he is as upset as he is that Harry led everyone there. Dumbledore doesn't know the whole story, which of course you should never assume with Dumbledore, Harry. He usually knows a lot more than you think that he does, but Harry is assuming he really doesn't know the situation. He pulled everybody to go to the Department of Mysteries. Harry fell for everything. He's guilting himself hard here, but Dumbledore really does know, and Dumbledore rightfully so, in my opinion, takes the blame here for Harry, because I do think at the end of the day, this whole situation really is Dumbledore's fault. And yes, it had to happen for good reasons. I'm not saying that I'm mad at Dumbledore for these things happening and him doing this. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it had to happen. And it was Dumbledore's fault that it happened. There's a lot of things built into this day happening. It's not just the fact that, quote, Harry fell for it. Like a lot built up to this happening. I think that you can't put it's all of this is because of Voldemort for sure Dumbledore should should have said something and he realizes now his mistake um but really this all boils down to at least their part in it and the lack of communication yes I think that I helped Katie a little bit with some of this in her part so Mm -hmm. I don't want to like take too much from it but like yes at the end of the day the fault should fall on Voldemort because he's doing what nobody should be doing but the consequences of Sirius dying and things playing out the way they played out does also fall on Dumbledore so there's blame in both parties I mean at the end of the day yes this entire thing ever even happening absolutely it's Voldemort's fault the way that things play out though there's just so many factors that go into that yeah, because you have to factor in Sirius's own treatment of creature creatures For decisions sure. to go to Bellatrix and Narcissa and mm-hmm. Lucius um, Sirius's decision to go against what people told him to do than staying back at the the order headquarters and going in on himself. So it's like there are so many moving pieces and parts to this yeah. that it's just the perfect storm. And it's like. Where do you place blame? You could place well, it on so many. And realistically, like when you think of situations like this, hindsight's twenty twenty. So like now you're seeing every single thing, every single choice that every person that's involved in this that that they made. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, well, I should have done A, B, C, and D. Well, yeah, you could say all these things, but nothing. I mean, Te- technically, you can blame every single one of them. Yeah. And like, and you can't. You technically can because they've got time turners go back in time. But like, you're not going to do that. They're destroyed, Sarah. Well, I now do. they are, but like whatever, you know. <laughs> so like, they're not going to go back in time and change these things. So like, right now you're, you're they just can see the whole picture because hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, I personally do think that a lot of this blame does actually lie on Dumbledore, but I'm going to let Katie talk about that. That's just my opinion. We're getting into it. We're um, getting into it. So Dumbledore is remaining calm, which I think is irking Harry more. But what else is Dumbledore honestly supposed to do here? Like, I think that he may also be slightly shocked as to how all of this played out still. Like, he's probably still reeling from the night's events, just like Harry is still reeling from the night's events. Um, Yes. Well, and I think in my head, like, this is very similar 
to the Ariana situation. And we know that mental health is not uh, talked about and done well. Like, so he himself still has all of that guilt and all of those feelings of that happening. So he's probably also bringing all of that up. And maybe he himself doesn't know, like, cause really like this could be a good time being like, like, Hey, like I know exactly. And this is why, um, maybe not at this exact second, but you know, that could be like a bonding thing. But again, I don't know if he really wants to get that close to Harry at this point in time and all these other things. And there's a lot of multitude of factors of like, you can tell Harry, like, I know exactly how you feel because I've been in a situation where I thought I was doing what was right and end up getting my sister killed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Harry is shaking with rage just because, like, all of this that's going on around him, like, it's just too much for him. And this is honestly where things get really dark for Harry. And I'm going to put out a huge trigger warning for right now um because the conversation goes as follows and i like started crying reading this because for some reason reading this as an adult who can understand mental health a lot more now than i did reading this as a kid this is just really sad it's just really sad yeah so dumbledore says i Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Harry says, I don't want to talk about how I feel. All right. And Dumbledore then says, Harry, suffering like this proves you're still a man. This pain is part of being human. And I think here Dumbledore can see where Harry is about to go with this conversation. And he's trying desperately to reel him in a little bit to help him not spiral so much here. But it doesn't really work. Then Harry screams something that I truly didn't grasp until this reread and says, then I don't want to be human. Harry wants to die. Yeah. Yeah. Harry does not want to exist in this world as himself any longer at this moment in time. He went from not too long ago thinking that he would like to be anyone else Mm -hmm. to not even wanting to live. I don't want to be human at the, at the, at the beginning during my section he says that he wishes he could be somebody else and that's Mm -hmm. when he's alone with his thoughts Mm -hmm. he's starting to externalize and now he's starting to really get to the root of what like things that he wants to say out loud yeah and then it progresses to to this yeah Uh. um so harry really begins to lose control here he this is when he starts throwing silver instruments across the room shattering hundreds of tiny pieces exploding as instruments hit the walls and the floor and again this solidifies the thought that harry wants to die here for me he says i don't care i've had enough i've seen enough i want out i want it to end i don't care anymore yeah and then he throws the table that the instruments are on as well so hard that the table falls apart and like the legs roll away and it's just like totally demolished and it's described as Dumbledore is still calm and I wonder if this is because we're reading it through Harry's eyes Mm. here I kind of feel like Dumbledore is sad oh he's I I think he's totally broken inside he's seeing he's seeing 
the results of his decisions mm-hmm. and yep. his string pulling mm-hmm. coming out of Harry when when all he's been trying to do is to buy time for Harry to have a, a happier life. Yep. And, and now he can backfired. see that it's spiraled into Harry being suicidal, yes. which would go completely yeah. against everything that he's been trying to do to keep Keeping him, alive, him alive, alive for as long yeah. as possible. And I don't think that realistically Dumbledore's calm on the outside. He is projecting calm, I think, mm-hmm. in the hopes that he can try to calm Harry. But he is not calm, in my opinion. No. Um, because the next thing that Dumbledore says is you do care. And I think that that's just trying to ground Harry like don't lose don't lose yourself here. Um, I think like if he didn't care, he wouldn't be doing all of the correct. things he did. Yes. Yeah. He right. doesn't want to care because right. his heart broken. He can't. Yeah. You know, when he first met Sirius and realized like what who he was to him and how he knew his family and knew his dad for all of those years and his mom that he had like finally like a bright spot in the future where like I the can live with you when I'm done with outside the willow and like we could like go and I have a family that cares about me and now he's gone. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, that was the hap- that was one of the happiest times we've ever seen Harry was mm-hmm. when they were coming out of the Whomping Willow right before Peter Pettigrew got away. Yep. And it was the fact that he had somebody that was close to his parents that was going to be parent like that loved him that came to come and like reveal like this is who I am, you know, stayed alive in Azkaban for 12 years on just like the thought of a being able to get revenge, but maybe to be able to see him. Yeah. And like yeah. realistically, like he he is the one person really that would be willing to talk about James and to talk about Lily and to talk about how he knew them all those years ago. Cause Petunia doesn't say anything. He doesn't know how his parents actually died. He knows nothing about them. And even when he gets to school and like, he's meeting people that know him, he gets like shocked. Like after years of knowing people and they're like, Oh yeah, I knew your dad, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, like you, they don't ever talk about him. Yeah. (sighs) And he doesn't have him now to talk about feelings now. You know, it's like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes like the only person that you can talk to about something and the way you're feeling is maybe the person that you lost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So basically, (laughs) I think that at this moment in time, Dumbledore is just realizing how drastic this situation is with Harry. And that's why he tries to ground him by saying, you do care, meaning you do want to be alive. You do want to be here. Um, kind of also like I know I know this is a lot to just come out of saying you do care, but almost like, you know, that there are other people here who love you, who need you, who want you. This is the same kind of thing. It's. It's just, I mean, it's really difficult to to ever deal with anybody who is going through suicidal thoughts. You you don't always know what to say, how to say it. Uh, yes, Tiffany. Well, I was I was thinking about Harry's going through this. He's saying these things 
and and theoretically reading into this he doesn't want to be alive anymore and so he has to then make that choice to go on right yeah to keep Mm -hmm. living well he makes the same choice later in seven Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so like it's just it's different but it's also the same like this kid has to make the choice to continue on Oof. Yeah, it's deep. I do think that like this whole thing is just it puts Dumbledore in a really difficult role here, in my opinion, because Dumbledore plays two parts, in all honesty, in this whole scene. So he clearly cares about Harry and Harry's mental well-being. But also he now needs to tell Harry that he needs to power through this to save wizard kind, which is like how do you go from I'm I'm listening to this kid tell me that he doesn't want to be here anymore to not just I understand I need you to know that you do care, but also I really need you to care because like we need you like you are our only hope in some, you know, sense. So. There's no destroying Voldemort without Harry. Harry's an integral part of this puzzle. And while it's hard to come to terms with this, it's the only way. So I I think also that he wants to have Harry like calm down a little bit to be able to explain to him and get, I think honestly get off his own chest, like his own, he himself is right now is feeling very guilty of everything that happened because he does blame himself him being Dumbledore. And I think he wants the chance to like tell Harry, this is exactly like, these are the events that happened and this is why. And like, I like you need to be fully knowledgeable, of, like what I want to tell you basically. He doesn't tell yeah. everything yet, but I agree. <sighs> um, it's just a hard role to play mental health advocate, but also realist, like at the same time. And Dumbledore has put himself in this situation, knowing as Harry grows older and as Harry or as Vo- Dumbledore, I keep wanting to say Voldemort, stop it, it's Megan, bad. it's Dumbledore. <laughs> um, and he keeps um, he keeps realizing how much he truly does care for Harry Um but also having this secret that he has grown. It's grown into something even bigger than he thought before Sorcerer's Stone, right? Like he didn't know that Harry would have to die right away. He didn't know that Harry would have a chance to come back. Like he's learning a lot of things as we go here and Mm -hmm. theorizing a lot and trying to finalize these theories and make sure that he knows, because like we said earlier, you can't just drop something like this on a 14 year old kid and not know for sure what the answer is. So like there are reasons to hold back because you can't scare Harry into thinking I need to die for wizard kind when you don't know that for sure. Like that's not something you just tell somebody and then you're like, Oh wait, never mind. Like that's that's not how this works, which is why Dumbledore withheld information went for as long as he did, because as Mm -hmm. time went on, Dumbledore was realizing all of these new things that he was learning about the entire situation with Voldemort. And it was just ever evolving. Yes. I also want to point out the fact that these are areas of magic that have only been touched by Voldemort and Harry. Right. 
It is unprecedented magic. Yeah. This stuff has not happened. Like, so there's nothing to really like go off of other than the information you know about Horcruxes, you know, from whatever's in the Hogwarts library that he pulled. Kind of like the protection at the end of seven. I would say um, 100%. (laughs) Megan? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think that I genuinely think that people think that Dumbledore knew everything. Yes. Um, And I don't. Like and I get that, that we're supposed to feel like that because that's really what the author like well, wants you to think, think when he's young. I think that's what Harry thinks is like, oh, he seems like yeah. because I had a teacher when I was a freshman in high school that said you could say anything like with com- if you say anything like mm. confident enough, people are going to believe you. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like that's what Dumbledore was doing, but basically like he was pretty confident because he usually was right. Um, and so. Harry is we're reading this from Harry's point of view where Harry's like okay he's the adult he knows what he's doing like think about that when you were a kid you're like oh all the adults have all the answers then you are now are an adult and you're like I understand that no one has any answers like what is life you know what I mean (laughs) yeah um and so we're seeing this from a kid's point of view so like it's you have to remember that he's just a man like he doesn't know every single thing yeah correct but people tend to forget that all right let's keep going so um dumbledore continues you care so much you feel as though you will bleed to death with the pain of it and mm, harry sounds screams like something he's felt before right mm. totally harry screams i don't so loudly that he felt his throat might tear and i can feel feel this and i hate it Mm -hmm. um harry wanted to run at dumbledore and break him to shatter that calm old face shake him hurt him make him feel some tiny part of the horror inside harry but dumbledore does feel it Mm -hmm. so dumbledore still calmly says oh yes you do you have now lost your mother your father and the closest things to a parent you have ever known of course you care and this is so hard to feel and it's honestly just so sad and i again compare this feeling to dumbledore losing ariana and maybe even grindelwald like i'll be interested to see what maybe Mm. plays out in fantastic beasts but this feeling could also be in comparison to losing grindelwald not by death but losing him to the dark side yeah, and that can be I just mean, as painful. Darth Vader. I don't know is how else to word it. No, but I I agree because you know it's been <laughs> said that they um that that was like a genuine like he was in love with him, yeah. and yeah. to have that end in that way. Mm. Yes, he didn't lose him by death, but he lost his sister, and then chose. I think they both like mutually decided they were no longer going to see each other after that. Obviously, right. but also like yeah. that. There's probably days where he was feeling like, not that they had phones, but like nowadays he'd be like, oh, I just want to call him, but you don't want to. So like, you're going to have those feelings Well, still, and then you're going to feel guilty because your sister's gone. Well, and like we were saying, like Dumbledore's lost his mom. Dumbledore Mm -hmm. lost his dad. Then after this, he doesn't talk to his brother. He doesn't have a relationship with his brother. Everybody. Mm hmm. Everything that Meg just read, like the first time I the first time I read this book, you know what? I was also 15 and I was on the bandwagon of like, 
oh, angsty Harry throwing stuff, throwing tantrum. Oh, Cats I like know. Harry. Same. And this time, so Harry, wrong. I, I was in I was in bed last night reading this, getting ready to prep for these notes, and like it was literally out of nowhere as I'm reading Meg's section that she just read. I mean, there were tears in my eyes instantly. And I was like, whoa, this didn't happen last time. Last time, like... <laughs> last time you were crying at the serious part, and then, like, this part you were just, like, angry Harry. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I, d- I don't feel like him throwing things was out of character or, like, weird or angsty. Throw stuff. You're, you've experienced extreme trauma, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I don't know. I just felt like it just hit me really hard this it time. It hit so different reading at this time. Yeah. Like, really, really different. And, like, I've read this book since, you know, since we've started this podcast. But just, like, for some reason, reading it as I was because I knew I was about to break it down, that made me read it differently. Do you do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, because yeah. you're looking... You're... I'm looking for things to talk about, and then all of a sudden I read that, and I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Like, he was suicidal. It's just, yeah. like... It was just like a unconscious reaction. Yeah. It's just really sad. Um, all right. So let's go talk about more sad stuff. So Harry's still shouting. He says, you don't know how I feel. You standing there. You. He can't even form words at this point. Um, basically, words aren't enough anymore for him. Breaking things isn't enough anymore. He just wants to run. He wants to keep running and never look back. Um, quote, he wanted to be somewhere he could not see the clear blue eyes staring at him, that hatefully calm old face. So, again, Dumbledore being calm is what he's going to need here soon, but, like, right now it's just absolutely infuriating. Uh, He just, he can't stand it. So he runs to the door, tries to wrench it open. It's not budging. He's shaking from head to foot. He tells Dumbledore, let me out. And Dumbledore just says no. And they stare at each other and it repeats. This reminds me of like a parent right. child right. moment. Let me out. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it repeats again. Let me out. Again, another no. So Harry tries to stand his ground. Again, I don't think this kid can. He's so angry and just so over it. He can't form proper words. Iggy. He says, if you don't, if you keep me in here, if, if you don't let me. And Dumbledore, still calm, he's like, you can keep destroying my things. And he, this part would have made me mad. But he said, I dare say I have too many. Like, Dumbledore, just... <sighs> that was a little bit much. He should have kept that last line to himself. Like, I know you're trying Harry's to be... already. Yeah. <laughs> Th- that's a, ref- a reflection of me trying to bring in a joke in a time that a joke should not be brought in. <laughs> oh my God. No, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to make light of the situation and no one wants to hear it. So he sits behind his desk and he's watching Harry. So Harry tells him again, let me out. His voice is cold this time, and it's almost as calm as Dumbledore's. And Dumbledore says, Mm. not until I get to have my say. And Harry tries to say, he's like, do you think, do you think I give a, I don't care what you've got to say. I don't want to hear anything that you have to say. And when Dumbledore responds to him, he's sad, which this whole time I have felt the immense sad. Like it talks about calm 
and but we've talked about it what harry wants to see yes harry's not gonna see that dumbledore's sad because he's angry so he's like no Mm. he's being patronizing he's being calm for no reason you know what i mean right so until yeah he'll it it switches like a almost like a flip of a switch i Um, wonder how he would feel if he wasn't calm like i don't think harry would have appreciated that either I agree. It was right. a lose-lose situation for Dumbledore here, no matter how he reacted. Vinny was saying yeah. um, also, like, he needed like, that is actually what he needed because he needed to externalize it. Yes. And he also commented that he thinks yeah. that he grieved and was able to move through this better than with Cedric, because with Cedric, he couldn't externalize anything. This yeah. time he had a all source. Internal. Yeah, he had a place, safe place to vent. Um, so Dumbledore sadly responds, you will want to know what I have to say. And you're also not nearly as angry with me as you should be. And if you're going to attack me and I feel that you're close to doing that, I want to have earned it. Um, and Harry's just like, what are you talking about? So here's a little paragraph from the book. It is my fault that Sirius died, said Dumbledore clearly, or I should say almost entirely my fault. I will not be so arrogant as to claim responsibility for the whole. Sirius was a brave, clever, and energetic man, and such men are not usually content to sit at home in hiding while they believe others to be in danger. Nevertheless, you should never have believed for an instant that there was any necessity for you to go to the Department of Mysteries tonight. If I had been open with you, Harry, as I should have been, you would have known a long time ago that Voldemort might try and lure you to the Department of Mysteries. And you would have never been tricked into going there tonight. And Sirius would not have had to come after you. That blame lies with me and with me alone. So let's break this down a little bit. So Dumbledore is acknowledging that he shouldn't have kept a man that had already been locked up for 12 years in the house of his hated ancestors and deny him any freedom whatsoever. Was he doing it with good intentions to protect him, keep him safe, keep the order safe? Yes. Um, go ahead, Sarah. Well, since you just said that one, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. But I think you also have to remember with Sirius, like his animagus form was a dog. Think of a dog being kept. Yes. Like inside all day or like yes. outside, yeah. like chained yeah. up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's not how a dog should live. That's also not how humans should live. Either. This is also true. But so serious being that's his animagus form like he doesn't have that type of personality and that type of like he loves being like he loves his animagus form he loves like that's what all him and the marauders did every month and probably not even just one you know what i mean once a month they probably all him and james probably frolicked in the woods all the time oh it would frolicking so like to be stuck and really like we now have that perspective of being in quarantine where you can't go anywhere or you can't see anybody. You can't literally do anything. Um, and how that has affected everybody, you know? Yep. Yeah. And especially when you're in a space that has nothing but bad memories, Mm -hmm. bad reminders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and and it's not even just the memory of things. It's the the dang portrait of his mom screaming every two seconds. You know what I mean? Like that. He doesn't even have a chance to forget. You know? Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know, always screaming around. 
She maxes out that mic all the time. She does. What a lady. Are you saying that <laughs> Tiffany's like his mother? What no. a gift. <laughs> <laughs> what a dog. Call me Walberga. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can that be the episode title? Yes. Call me Walberga. Yep. That's it. Oh, uh, look at me. All right. Back to sand. So Dumbledore also acknowledges that keeping Harry at a distance all year probably was not the correct course of action. He admits that if he'd been open, Harry wouldn't have felt the need in the first place to be tricked and run to Sirius's false aid. Um, deep down, this so me and Meg had a very long conversation today. And this is all thanks to the Dumbledore book. Yeah, it's I'm telling you, incredible. get this book. It's so good. Okay, we go we like read me. one chapter today. And I read like one blew chapter. My mind. Yeah. Is it a well, pair? Is it a paragraph? Oh, <laughs> I meant to ask if it's a paperback or hard. It's cover. a paperback. The hardback is coming out in October, I think. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll buy my own. Oh yeah, you'll bend it all up. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I I tr- I take care of other people's paperbacks better than my paperbacks, but you know, people are weird. Well, this one I'm going to write in and highlight and and things, I which did. I usually don't do to books, but I feel like. This is one of those that means a lot to me and will mean a lot to this podcast going forward. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I might hate it. I might say three out of four. Love it. End. I might say for Voldemort and Valor after reading it. I mean, you go ahead, honey. So Megan already said it a couple of times. People are asking <laughs> if it's canon. And I will say it's not like the author came out and said this is the truth. It's this unofficial, is everything. But, but it's no, very well researched. No, and there's quotes not from the book to back up his ideas. Yeah. It's, it's a um, theory book that really yeah. makes sense. So like take it with a grain of salt, what you want. But like, it's not like they're claiming anything that isn't like they have backup for everything. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like what they state. It's, very it's like, it's oh, very well written. They put a timeline in not, perspective. Yeah. It's not fan fiction. It's more like a textbook. Yeah, it's like a research out. paper. It's not. Yeah, people, it's like a very big research asked, paper. People have asked me, "Is this like Rita Skeeter?" No, no, it's, it's not. not. It's not written that way. It's written fan nonfiction. There you go. No, but it. it, it, it that's what somebody said. <laughs> Holy Pop, Pop, Jess. Um, it's not an internet story because it's, it's in not, a book. It's in a book. <laughs> but like, honestly. It is very well researched and the things that are brought up in the book are quoted and like have backup. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, obviously this is someone's opinion and how they, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? How they perceived what they're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but With it's just very interesting. How they landed at their thoughts. So like evidence based yes. practice was, is what you yes. could call it, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, because we don't have answers from the author you know we're it's left very, to our own devices it's a very in-depth character analysis that yes. is absolutely accurate yes it is it's like a, I mean, like go ahead. can can you say like every single thing we've ever said on this podcast is canon no, no. We've speculated on a right. lot of things and it's not everything like, i say is except canon. for like if we're being a thousand percent honest the eric munch episode is probably one of the only ones where we lied about a lot of things but we didn't because <laughs> it's all true it's switch canon <laughs> Uh, Swish cannon. I like that. 
but like that's i mean that's really what a lot of our our felix files are because we don't have a lot of information so we're just speculating right we have i feel like we have a good amount on dumbledore i don't know yeah i haven't read the book so i don't know (laughs) maybe i'll go on the zon and buy it right now i recommend so i i mean you know read it and make up your own peppers and opinions but let's go down this road so deep down Dumbledore again we're talking about Dumbledore taking the blame for Sirius's death deep down Dumbledore um, also knows that he did with withhold information from Sirius as an order member and the rest of the order and purposely led him astray when it came to the prophecy so here's the whole order talking about the weapon the weapon right um this coupled with the fact that Harry was in danger could have been the reason to go to the ministry that night. We know that the prophecy was really just a decoy to keep Voldemort occupied, but the order doesn't know that they really think it's a weapon. Um, they think it's, well, it's about to be in this quote from the book. Uh, the order does not actually know they are guarding a decoy. They seem convinced that keeping Voldemort from this prophecy is a matter of life and death rather than a mere stalling technique. So that is quoted from this Dumbledore, The Life and Lies of Hogwarts Renowned Headmaster, page 97. Um, also, mm-hmm. if you see Sirius in Order of the Phoenix, he says there are things worth dying for. So he does believe that this mm-hmm. prophecy is something worth dying for. Which really doesn't make much sense because it doesn't. It doesn't. This prophecy doesn't give any real inform, real new information to Voldemort. Nothing useful. Like, at least. Nothing useful. No. no. So like, why, why does he want it so bad? Because he, he doesn't think, know what it is. He, but like, he is Dumbledore like feeding him, being like, "Yeah, keep looking for it." Because like, yes. that's so good on him. Yeah, and I it know. Just kind of reiterates the fact that like Voldemort's just so arrogant and not. He's not dumb, but he is. Meaning like. You're you're letting yourself. You're focusing on the wrong things, and Baldur. No, I'm Megan. Dumbledore is going to use that to his advantage. Okay, Vinny is saying that the prophecy mentions the power that Voldemort didn't understand, but they've already Dumbledore's already told Voldemort multiple times, in a sense that it's love because he says it to him. He's like, what is right. this love you speak of again? He already right. knows that. And, and, and that's like, it's genuinely that's, no new information. That's yeah. literally something that he's never going to understand anyway. So it's like, good luck. I almost <laughs> say he's never going to get it, but we all know. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Boom. I was so, going to that. Yeah, it was, <laughs> there was two things that were new, right? It was, um, I'm blanking now. Two things that were new was, oh, that Harry would have some power that the Dark Lord did not know. Well, Voldemort thinks, already thinks that Harry has some power because he's evaded him all these times. And yeah, it's love. Like Tiffany said, Voldemort has said this a hundred times. Dumbledore. The other one was, (laughs) did I say Voldemort? (laughs) Darn it! Meg! (laughs) (laughs) I'm Squidward! I'm Squidward! Squidward in my section. <laughs> okay, was the other one about how he, <laughs> how one of them would have to couldn't die without the other or at the hand of the other. Yeah. So okay, so it says here, 
Yeah, the second point is that either must die at the hand of the other. And like Voldemort certainly intends to kill Harry, so that information isn't really helpful to him at all. Like he already has the intention to kill Harry. So it really it really doesn't give him anything new. Yeah. I mean, do you ever think that there would be a time in Voldemort's life that he wouldn't go after Harry Potter after all of this and want I to mean, do it himself? Yeah, right. even, like that, even without... Yeah, so it's really like, okay, I'm going to kill him anyway, so this prophecy literally means nothing. Like, even without the That's prophecy, he it. still tells his Death Eaters, like, Harry is mine. And he doesn't yeah, even, don't like, kill him, that Don't kill bit. him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I bet you, like, one rogue Death Eater's like, well, I don't see your name on him. Well, Crab <laughs> tried to do it anyway. Crab was like, he'll be better off, you know, dead anyway. Yeah. If I do it with the fiend fire. Fiend fire. Is that the one that dies to his son, does it? Crab. You have a sparkle on your face. I always have a sparkle. I just feel <laughs> like this is the second. There's two instances that Dumbledore creates this kind of like decoy and this is one of them and Voldemort falls for it like Dumbledore needs time in this book to research the Horcruxes so he gives Voldemort something to look for that isn't really going to give him much new information so he puts everything into protecting this thing to make sure that Voldemort goes after it while he in the background is researching for these horcruxes. I think it was in this book too, and correct me if I'm wrong, it might have been something else that you're reading we discussed today. But this person said that um, Order of the Phoenix is actually their least favorite book because you go through, you know, 800 some pages to find out, oh, Harry and Voldemort are going to have to kill one another. (laughs) Like the hero needs to kill the villain. But surprise, Harry has to kill Voldemort. Right. We didn't see that coming. But then Meg was like, which that makes sense. I agree. However, Harry needed to learn that. So we needed this book to go through. That was also in this book. Okay. That was this book. (laughs) Harry needed to learn that. And I I just really liked that comparison a lot. (laughs) Yeah. It was really cool. Um, I also love this part that they pointed out in the book. Um, a central theme in Order of the Phoenix is that hierarch- hierarchical relationships are bad, whereas relationships built on commonality and equality are good. So Dumbledore's relationship with the other members of the Order isn't equal, and his deception to them is an abuse of power. He knows this, and I think at this point is feeling bad about it in regards to Sirius. I know that sounds... That sounds anti-Dumbledore, but it's really not. It's not. Because, it's like, not. I get that, like, <laughs> this had to happen for the end. Again, the ends justify the means of the means right. justify but the he, ends, however you say but it. But he can still feel guilt about it. Right. He can still yeah. feel yeah. bad for Sirius's death over it. But at the Absolutely. end of the day, this need needed to happen in order to move forward. Just like with Harry. I mean, he's he doesn't want to do this to this kid. He even says later on, like, I cared too much about you. Mm-hmm. But in order, like, this is how it it needs to happen. Like, where do you find that yeah. line? Well, and I think all of this leads to, like, if Harry was raised any differently, like, because I know there's a lot of people that, like, say, like, oh, why didn't he just, like, if I, it, he could have lived with Remus or he could have done whatever. If he didn't, if he wasn't raised the way he was, I think he might not have gone the path of choosing to sacrifice himself for everyone else and to go into that choosing death, I think that he, it would, could be completely different of how he would have gone into it. Um, 
And that sucks that like it it all played out the way it needed to, but it did. Yeah. And if we we think about this, let's 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 dial this back and think about what if we weren't in this situation? These are these are circumstances that say we're living a regular wizarding life, <laughs> uh, you know, wouldn't be necessarily happening. So everything that we're talking about is basically like those tough ethical questions that people pose to you where you can see it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Does Dumbledore really want to be raising this kid up and stalling for his life so he can live a little bit better and so he can understand how he's got to help this kid kill this bad villain does anybody actually want to be in these situations did Dumbledore want his mother to die and those things to happen to his sister and his father to go to jail for essentially getting revenge on people like everybody needs to take a step back and think about if you were put in these situations, the choices that you would make, it's not going to be great for everyone. Yeah. And that's what people have to understand is like, as much as it sucks and we're going to say it for different reasons, but doing it for the greater good means that you're going to have the most people alive and theoretically well living with trauma. But at the end of the day, yeah. And that's right. the goal in this. It's to hurt as few people as possible. Mm-hmm. And Harry it's inevitable. Harry like are that was his destiny. Yes. There's no getting around it. There's nothing that could be done. You either raise this kid up to be a warrior to win this final battle, to put this guy in a grave and let the most people win, or you ignore it completely and let stuff fall apart. And, and like, realistically, in these types of situations, there's going to be loss. Like, you can't, you can't go into this thinking that everybody's going to come out okay. Because you're going to see people on both sides lose. You're going to see both people on, you're going to see people on both sides come out with trauma. Because that is a traumatic thing that they're all going to go through. And everyone's lives are going to be uprooted. It's a war. Uh, Yeah. And that happens in real life where... You know, good people go, good people become soldiers and they do things to keep like our country safe and free and all of those things. Um, that doesn't mean they're less than a good person. You know what I mean? Like they, everybody makes choices and Dumbledore's doing Dumbledore and Harry, you know? It's, and it's like tough. <laughs> it's tough stuff. Like, and yeah. Dumbledore lives with that every day. Every day. And I think that's like a big difference between like, a Dumbledore and a Voldemort. They both are doing like things where Dumbledore lives with the guilt of it. And Voldemort couldn't care less. And the death leaders couldn't care less where the people on Dumbledore side in the order, they all like Harry always will think of the people. He thinks of Cedric for years and years and years. He thinks of Sirius. He thinks of everybody that like was, is going to be killed because of this. just a hard situation i mean any 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 way you swing it any way you want to do it there's going to be a counter argument for it i completely agree harry did not or dumbledore did not right why can i not get these characters straight today you sound like my mom trying to say people's names dumbledore Dumbledore did not raise harry Harry for slaughter i agree with that statement 
I yes. agree. He raised him to fight. Yes. And until today, I I saw Dumbledore in a different light in that exact pers- like just one point. And today I realized, oh, that's not that's not the case. Yeah, it's not the case. And I felt better no about idea it. What Harry's outcome was going to be until like order. Yeah. He wasn't sure, at least. Right. He had ideas, mm-hmm. but. All right. Back to sad serious. Yeah. <laughs> so Sirius <laughs> lost his life because of this a decoy. Dumbledore regrets that. Obviously, he feels bad. He had to make certain choices and decide certain things. And it's not easy, like we've been talking about. Um, not only this, but the fact that Harry and Snape fail at occlumency is another reason for Sirius's death. Um, Dumbledore is feeling regret for putting Snape in charge of that instead of himself. And another quote from this book, the failure of Dumbledore's gamble on Harry and Snape ends up costing Sirius Black's life. Because I does, I think he Dumbledore says something about like, yeah, I put mistake. I, I thought that Snape would be able to put his feelings of your father aside and I was wrong. Yeah. Straight and there's up. there's clearly that clearly is part of the reason why this all happens like like we said earlier like there are just so many things that go into the ending of this book mm-hmm. um you know you could put blame on sure harry snape dumbledore Sirius, creature, creature bellatrix, bellatrix like the list the goes arch. on voldemort like the list goes on but veil <laughs> the department veil. of mysteries for even having that thing the veil didn't do anything wrong it just the, was there it just fluttered the, um, just got caught up in the, the moment the ministry oh. for being a bunch of jerks and not believing anything that's right in front not of their the face. ministry fudge fudge judge shame, think anyone shame is, on him i don't think anyone's left without blame in this series <laughs> right <laughs> i mean honestly ron ron in this book is is going good hermione they've got no blame do they? <laughs> well, they all wanted to go, so... True. True. <laughs> uh, so here's Dumbledore professing to Harry, it's my fault. It's, you should be mad at me. It is my fault alone that Sirius died. And Harry doesn't really know how to process this information. Um, his hand's still on the doorknob, but like he doesn't even realize it anymore. Like He's just like lost the sense to understand what Dumbledore is saying. Um, Another discussion I had with Meg today, this is the moment that Harry, this is maybe the moment that Harry is able to actually begin to grieve, to stop that vicious cycle of taking the full blame of Sirius's death. Like my fault, I fell fell for Voldemort's trick. My fault that I didn't listen to Hermione, that I didn't practice occlumency enough, that I believe creature, that Sirius had to, felt the need to come to my rescue on and on and on and maybe begin the process of being able to move on. Not immediately, obviously, but to eventually be able to move on and move forward. So Dumbledore asks him to sit down and after he hesitates, Harry does. So here's where that switch flips. Like now Harry's willing to listen. Maybe some small part of him felt a little bit of relief to hear from someone else. Hey, it wasn't all you. You know, we can talk about it. It's okay. Um, of course, good old Phineas decides that this is the perfect moment to break in and ask, am I to understand that 
my great-great-grandson, the last of the blacks, is dead. And Dumbledore says, yes, Phineas. And that definitive confirmation, like, I can literally feel Harry's stomach, like, drop. Like, just anytime you're going to hear it, it's literally just happened, like, you know, within the hour, I'm guessing. I don't, I don't know. Um, it just hurts my soul. So Phineas says, I don't believe it. He marches out of his portrait to go and visit his other painting at Grimmauld Place. And this is really sad because Harry pictures him walking from portrait to portrait, calling for Sirius through the house. Um, so Dumbledore continues on and says, Harry, I owe you an explanation, an explanation of an old man's mistakes. For I see now that what I've done and not done with regard to you bears all the hallmarks of the failings of age. Youth cannot know how age thinks and feels, but old men are guilty if they forget what it was to be young, and I seem to have forgotten lately. Hmm. I think that he thinks Harry is stronger than he is emotionally. And seeing what happened earlier in this conversation, not that Dumbledore was never going to have this conversation tonight, because I think he always was going into this, going to tell Harry this information. Um, but I think that like it just confirmed in Dumbledore's mind the importance of telling Harry this information now because he has forgotten what it's like to have those emotions and be in the headspace that Harry's in. And, um, you know, he's chalking it up to, to to old age. But like I I just think that he expected a little bit too much of Harry in in the past four years you know, five years, whatever. Or saw what Harry did the last four years, kept pushing it off because he's not wrong. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. That's all way too young. But, you know, Harry showed his remarkable self. And, but at the same time, like, he's still just a kid. It's I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. I'm just a kid. I know, know that, that it's not fair. fair. That's a perfect song. <laughs> <laughs> um, so by now the sun outside is rising and the author makes it a point to have the light fall on Dumbledore in a way that it lights up the silver in his beard and his eyebrows and it really shows the lines in his face. There's only certain times where like we're we see Dumbledore as like old and that Harry sees Dumbledore as old because again, we're seeing everything through Harry's eyes. Dumbledore knows everything. He's, he's got the answer to everything, which is a naive thing to think, which is why we're getting that from Harry. Right. He's going to, that Dumbledore knows everything. He's going to live forever. You know, Mm -hmm. he's, he's unstoppable. And then you have these moments where you stop and pause and it's like, he feels He's human, too. Um, So Dumbledore then starts to explain that 15 years ago, he did guess what the scar on Harry's forehead might mean. And he guessed it might be a sign of a connection forged between him and Voldemort. And as Sarah's going to say, Harry knows this. (laughs) Sarah's like, yeah, bro, I know. What else is new? I know. I actually say, say, Harry know this. (laughs) Know this? (laughs) Anyway, so like Katie had mentioned, Dumbledore is talking about um, the scar. Harry's telling him bluntly they talked about it before. But Dumbledore says, like, no, it's like important. 
um, and that Dumbledore was right. And he goes on to say, like, it's become apparent shortly after you rejoined, after you rejoined the magical world, that I was correct and that your scar was giving you warnings when Voldemort was close to you or else feeling powerful emotion. And I said, Harry knows this. Also, twas the Horcrux. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so the scar thing became more pronounced when Voldemort came back into being like a person with an actual body and his power came back. Dumbledore goes on to say that he was worried that Voldemort knew about this connection and that there was a time that Harry, that there would be like a time that Harry would go far into Voldemort's mind and that Voldemort would be able to sense Harry's presence there. When he's talking about like describing that it's like, that's what happened that's what happened the night that he witnessed the attack on Arthur. Cause I know we had talked about this and discussed, um, whether or not Voldemort knew, but Dumbledore says that he did know. Um, and Harry's like, again, saying, I already know this cause Snape told him and Dumbledore corrects him by saying, um, professor Snape, cause he just says Snape. And I was like, we're <laughs> thinking of, um, powerful words you use names that you call people mm, mm-hmm. so he asks him did he ever wonder why dumbledore had snape be the person to explain this to him and to be the one to teach him occlumency and not himself and like why dumbledore had been distancing himself from harry all year and then i just like this quoting from the book it says harry looked up he could now see that dumbledore looked sad and tired mm. so this is almost like the first time he's really looking at dumbledore and seeing not his rage yeah right yeah now he's like a little bit more calmed down he can actually like (sighs) see what's around him and sees dumbledore being as a man yeah and not this all-knowing being and he tells dumbledore of course he wondered like duh like i've been thinking about that all year dumbledore i haven't stopped thinking about you So, (laughs) reading from the book, (laughs) it says, you see, said Dumbledore heavily, I believe it could be, nope, that's not what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I believe it could not be long before Voldemort attempted to force his way into your mind to manipulate and misdirect your thoughts, and I was not eager to give you more incentives to do so. Give him, not you, sorry, give him more incentives to do so. I was sure that if he realized that our relationship was or had been closer than that of headmaster and pupil, he would seize his chance to use you as a means to spy on me. I feared the uses to which he would put you, the possibility that he might try and possess you, Harry. I believe I was right to think that Voldemort would have made use of you in such a way. On those rare occasions when we had close contact, I thought I saw a shadow of him stir behind your eyes. I was trying and distancing myself from you to protect you, an old man's mistake. And I said, and I said this at the beginning of the episode, I think it's important to remember that Dumbledore is not an all-powerful being. He's a human man, and he can and has made mistakes. He's realizing now that some of the mistakes he made this year with Harry. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. He can't really go back. He can't really change the choices that he made with dealing, one, with Sirius, with Harry. You know, he re- he's regretting putting Harry through this and through losing Sirius, and he's blaming himself for this death. And really all they can do right now is go forward with this information that they have now, because he does see like, um, that Voldemort does do exactly what he, um, was afraid he was going to do, but seeing it happen, he was like, it's changed how he would have 
handled it. So Harry kind of does remember like, you know, when he was near Dumbledore for those few occasions where he did want to attack him, like there was like a dormant snake inside of him that wanted to attack him. Um, and then more quoting from the book, it says Voldemort's aim in possessing you. This is Dumbledore speaking. Voldemort's aim in possessing you as he demonstrated tonight would not have been by destruction. It would have been your or my destruction. What's wrong with me? I, I just know. wrote it wrong. My destruction. <laughs> That's what happens when you're trying to read and copy and do whatever. It would have been yours. He hoped when he possessed you briefly a short while ago that I would sacrifice you in hopes of killing him. And then so Harry lets um, what Dumbledore is telling kind of like sink in. And like right at this moment, he really it really doesn't mean anything to him, you know, not with Sirius no longer being there. He kind of like points out like had he said this to him months ago, he would have reacted differently and maybe it would have meant more. But right now he's still reeling and numb to the fact that like he doesn't care right now because Sirius is gone. Right. So Dumbledore goes on to say that after the attack on Arthur, that Voldemort realized he could use you and that you would need to start occlumency. Like Harry would need to start occlumencies with S- Snape. I almost called him Severus. <laughs> and so quoting from the book, it says, I knew at once that my worst fears were correct. Voldemort from that point had realized he could use you. So he realized at Christmas that he could use Harry, but I think it just took him that long to figure out how to like reverse it. Because I know we talked about that, and I think Tiffany was like, he didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't know. Slash maybe others also said that. Which I I agree. Like, I didn't think that Voldemort realized so early that he he knew from that moment of the Arthur that there was a connection. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, we all thought that he didn't know. It was said on the podcast. Mm. So then Dumbledore kind of pauses his explanation. Harry's kind of like taking in the room and he, um, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but like (laughs) we went to go see, um, my sister's keeper years and years ago, whenever it came out in theaters, I happened to be in Chicago and we went to go see that in the theater. Remember those? And it was like my parents, my sister and I, and my cousin went, um, and, I am known one for laughing all the time, but also like we, I'd read the book. I had, so I knew I, did I cry reading the book regardless? So the movie's really sad. Obviously, if you've never read it, read the book or seen the movie, um, it's sad. And so like people are crying and it's like one of the saddest parts of the movie. And I like stopped paying a se- paying attention for a second. And all I could hear was like everybody in the theater, like sniffling and like crying. Mm. And so me being me, I started laughing and my cousin's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I just, I, it was like, I came out of the movie and like, cause I was paying so much attention. And then all of a sudden I wasn't. And then I could hear everything around me. Like, that's what I think like Harry's doing right now is like, he was so focused on how he was feeling and all of these things. And like then talking to Dumbledore and getting this where now it's like, he's taking a breath and he's t- taking in the room and he knows that all the portraits are awake. He's listening. He can hear like the sounds that they're all making. And he notices that like Phineas Nigella um, has not returned to his portrait yet. Um, and then Dumbledore continues to talk and he's, um, you know, talking about like the lessons and how like through them, Snape realized that Harry was dreaming about the department of mysteries and he had been for months. Um, and that they had known that Voldemort had been obsessed with hearing the prophecy and through the dreams that like, both Harry and Voldemort like lingered on trying to get through that door. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had known 
um, or so then he continues to say he's explaining his dreams. He's talking about Harry um, had seen Rookwood. Worked in the Department of Mysteries, and he kind of confirmed, you know, that the prophecies are heavily protected. Um, the chickens don't want anyone in there. <laughs> and he quoting, <laughs> quoting from the book, it says, "Only the people to whom they refer can lift them from the shelves without suffering madness." Um, so that basically confirms that the only options for Voldemort to get to the prophecy and hear it was one to go get it for himself, which we know he doesn't really do do things himself or go have Harry get it. And then, you know, send people to get it from Harry, you know? Um, so Dumbledore kind of reiterates like how urgent, like seeing all these things and like continuing throughout the year with like with Arthur and then Snape seeing all of this, of trying to do the acclimacy lessons, um, that it was urgent for Harry to learn acclimacy, but Harry's response is like, I didn't. And he's like feeling even more guilt thinking that like, this could have stopped things. Um, and he's like, he didn't even try. He tells him, he's like, I didn't even try and practice. Like I, I didn't do anything because he, he didn't want those dreams to stop. Um, and he like goes into saying that. And, and like, you know, if maybe if he had done that, maybe Sirius would be alive because if he had tried, I don't know how successful, um, I don't think he would have been successful with Snape as a teacher. Regardless, I mean, we see he's not, but um, I don't, I don't know if he would be able to be, good at acclimacy or successful enough to like stop these dreams. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think he was too interested. Yeah. Definitely. I wonder if take the, take the dreams away. I think, yeah, Harry's curiosity got the better of him, Mm -hmm. but like, do you think if he actually tried, he would be able to do it? I think Harry's talented and maybe, I think he could have if he'd if actually I, if wanted to. If I take to. the drive and curiosity out, yes. Because we see how powerful he is with controlling his mind later on. I think that he could do it. He ends up being able to, like, shut Voldemort out. So, yeah, I think if he actually tried, he probably could. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we do see it. Evidence that he's strong-minded later on. And he does kind of push it away for a while in Deathly Hollows, and then comes back when like that real huge anger strikes, and then he's like, he knows, you know. But like there is a period of time in Deathly Hollows. <laughs> think of Taylor Swift. Well, I and Ron, Ron's like, <laughs> see where he's at, and then he like sees he's like, oh, you know, yeah, he's he can check. like control it a little bit more almost in Deathly Hollows. On and off, yeah. Where are we gonna go? <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Is that it? Yeah, hit me with those lightning bolt round questions. For sure. Let's see. Sorry, I have, I have a bad them. feeling about these. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just have a bad feeling about these uh, questions. Well, Megan, no Megan can pick which one she wants to. That's read. right. <laughs> That's we right. don't like erase the others. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Pesha asks, if you could ask Dumbledore one question, what would it be? How much do you love me? (laughs) Wait, what was the question? (laughs) If you could ask Dumbledore one question, what would it be? Who do you think you are? (laughs) Um, Are you okay? 
Do you need a hug? He's Aww. not okay, and he probably does need a hug. But like, I would, I would just be like, tell me everything. Tell me, your tell life me your story. life story. Yes, <laughs> that's like all. This. Yeah, ask a loaded question to get your money's worth. Tell me about <laughs> or you could Geller. Be like, what what kind of socks did you want to see in the Emirate of Arizona? What's a perfect sock? <laughs> a Vindyville sock. What is no, your how actual? It's like a pair of socks. I guess it's a pair of socks. Okay. Because there are two. But there are a pair of pants and there's, there's only two one legs. pants. Not for everybody, though. I'm just saying. It's not a pair of pants. It's one pant leg. Two pant legs. I don't know. Well, they're two hmm. or a pair. The other day, did I ever tell you the other day? <laughs> Alana told me I wasn't wearing pants because I had shorts on. It's like, I have shorts. She's like, you need to put pants on. She told me that too. She hates when I wear short, like I always wear matching pajama sets because that's my thing. And she, there, I have some that are like a long sleeve top with shorts and she's like, no, <laughs> no. And I'm like, bro, where do you, like, no, these are just my choice to wear shorts. Back off. You want to wear pants? Go right ahead. Kids are so weird, man. So weird. I would ask Dumbledore what his actual favorite wizarding suite is. Ooh. Like the top of them all because he changes it all the time for his password. This is true. I need to know the top. And did he actually like cockroach clusters or like was that just for funnies? Dude, <laughs> is Dumbledore's second house Hufflepuff? Yes. <laughs> I yes. Don't know. Do a it's whole Felix file. Does does Dumbledore supposed to be in Hufflepuff? <laughs> Let's get everybody mad. <laughs> Uh, I mean, let's let's be honest. (laughs) If you don't, if you cannot see why Bellatrix could be a Hufflepuff, fight (laughs) me. (laughs) I mean, because you're wrong. I I mean, everyone here is going to agree with you. Me, not you. Girls (laughs) apart. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I would ask him. I probably, yeah, I would probably go the route of like. So tell me how what what's your what's your life like? What's going on? Tell me your whole it, story. How much of the life and lies of Alvis Dumbledore is true? I mean, are we asking a dead Dumbledore or a live yeah, Dumbledore? I don't know. I guess mm. I guess an alive one, so I couldn't ask that, but an alive. Um, okay. I'm asking wait, okay, hold on. One more here. Uh, I'm all over the place. Are you okay? okay? Nicole Elizabeth no. asks, if you could learn the definitive answer to any one thing that we do not know the answer to in the wizarding world, what would it be? Is Lavender dead? I think we each should ask a different question so we all get the answers. There we go. <laughs> then we get four and we're greedy. Why can Moody's eye see through the cloak of invisibility? Is that Death's Eye? <laughs> <laughs> Plucked it. You know when you watch Hercules? Yes. They take it out and wash it. What are they called? The Fates? Yes. Are they, the fates? they have yeah. one eye in between the three of them. Yeah. And when he picks that hair That's off of the it. That's the eye. <laughs> Katie. I love that movie so much. So good. <laughs> Me too. Uh, what other questions could we ask about the wizarding world? I would want to know a definitive answer regarding our protection theory from the author <laughs> that we're right and everyone else is wrong about yes. it unless you agree yes. with us i just like because there's genuinely no explanation as to how that plays out at the end and that's been like weighing on me for days now <laughs> like more than days so that's what's in the top of my head currently 
Um, yeah. Might be answered sometime. We might have to get a whole new Discord chat (laughs) with people that agree with us. (laughs) Who know that they. No, if you go and look at the poll, I think it's pretty even. Actually, we are winning by a lot with that one. Oh, wow. Holla. Holla. Winner, winner. Not chicken dinner because those are the uncluckables. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uncluckable. <laughs> Uncluckable. <laughs> what I would ask. Mm. Ask me another question. I'm gonna have to watch that movie soon. Yeah, I can't think of one. Come on, Kate. Why are you so bad with dates? <laughs> That's no, a you're asking. Question. That's what, what I'm asking her. Are you all right? Why, Why are you I'm so bad? Not with dates? everyone's good with no. dates. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying that to me. Because you never took her on one? Because you never took her on a date. (laughs) Katie still isn't on a date. Katie, I'll take you on a date. Thanks, Tiff. Oh, my God. Are we done? (laughs) Okay, I'm asking this question because... It has to do with my boy Remus. Do you think that Remus had chocolate with him when he came to the ministry just in case he needed it? Yeah. He always has a bar of chocolate on him. always has chocolate on him. Let's be real. Wouldn't his body heat warm it up? No, Maybe that's he what magic spell on it. Sarah, well, he's a true. wizard. I'm God. thinking like the times where I've had chocolate in my pocket and then it's melted and then I don't want to eat it. <laughs> I don't, I don't generally keep chocolate well, on me. I'm thinking of when I'm at work. So if like someone sometimes like <laughs> people will come around like <laughs> they gave out Mally's chocolate bars like two uh-huh. or three weeks ago. So, and then like so I had to like go put it in my locker and I'm like, hopefully I won't forget this in my work bag that literally has my broken Apple watch from a year ago because mm-hmm. I cleaned it out. Can, but can I have like chips that that do the same thing that chocolate does in the Wizarding World? But they don't crunch. How, that's oh, how wait, it works. What? I just don't like chocolate as much as I like salty snacks. But chocolate is supposed to he's he, given it to them because of the whole dementor Depression. thing. I know. Why can't he give out some Happiness. potato chips? Because it doesn't have the same effect, Tiffany. I'm saying it should. But it doesn't. It could if you magicked it. But that's not how magic, that works. Magic, magic, magic. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works in my house. <laughs> All sure. right. Next question is from Aubrey. What do you think Dumbledore meant by no lasting damage? I mean, he's a bit older, so is it affecting Ron for five to ten years not considered lasting to him? Or do you think it would have been healed up by the next year? I mean, is he still messed up in seven with that locket and it's all doubled down because of the brains? What? (laughs) No, I think the locket's just pulling on his insecurities. (laughs) I'm just being an able. I don't think... I was like, wait, I mean, like, are there long lasting effects for Ron? I don't think we know. I don't think we know. Is that why he turns into like the goofy uncle of Cursed Child? (laughs) No, that was just a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) His his real personality is with Hugo, not in the story. Oh, my God. I don't think that there's really lasting damage to Ron. No. With this. 
No. Aside from what Jess says, that she says, I don't think they count trauma. Yeah, lasting trauma say, or like literal trauma, scars. I right. shouldn't laugh at that, but like, I don't think he has he, scars long term because it's never brought up again. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, and like the brain didn't affect his brain as far as we right. know. That was already whatever was in the other room. Yeah, was that the space room? He was a little spacey, if you think about it. I like that a uh, lot. Oh, uh, that makes me filled with joy. You're welcome. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mia says that she thinks the brain scars are still on his arms and deathly hollow. So I think can you tell me where? <laughs> but I, I kind of like where? equate that to not. <laughs> we said we weren't going to bring up good old Marietta again, but here we go. But I kind of equate <laughs> the scars to Marietta where like. They will fade over time. So, like, I don't know. And I also think that, like, not that that can't be traumatizing to have, like, permanent scars, because it can be. But, like, in terms of affecting him internally, like, real changes, lasting damage. Yeah, his arm got splinched. I just mm, want to know where right. it would say that. Um, and, like, are this In Deathly Hallows. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't consider like him having a scar to be a lasting damage. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it, yeah, it, like you're saying, like you know, in a year from now, does his brain go funny because of these brains exactly. or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Got it. Or like he has to yeah, take a potion for like years. He might mention them like, in the years. next book because it was. I mean, that's that's like real close in time. Of course, it probably yeah. wouldn't have healed that fast. But specifically in seven, I'm wondering where you think it is. Moving on. Next question comes from Pesha. True lightning round, guys. This is literal yes or no answers. Oh, we boy. will not explain beyond I, this. That's a lie. According to the internet, it does say, and I don't know because it's on Stack Exchange, um, from well, that's half Harry, yeah. um, HPP, so Half-Blood Print, Chapter 11, it says you can still see where those brains got a hold of me in the ministry looks at Ron shaking back mm-hmm. his sleeves. Well, that's six. I'm talking about seven. I don't know. Uh, well, chapter, I don't know if I ever mentioned chap- again. Chapter 11, that would be fairly early on. Fresh to the time that this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So that, see, that feels. They're, I think they're gone in seven. At least they're not mentioned. But again, we're reading this from Harry's point of view. Is he going to remember the fact he's got other more important things? I to I think worry he's about really looking than... at Ron's arms. Well, it probably would have been mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> he he said, worked I out. Think he's really looking at Ron's. Too bad arms. it wasn't from it Hermione's have... perspective, because then we really would have been paying well, attention to Ron's arms. She's got nice skin. <laughs> She's got nice skin. <laughs> as far as skin uh... goes. Um, well, I was just wondering if it would have been brought up again when he was splinched. Maybe the author would have written something then. Brilliant. You know? Because oh. the author goes through Harry's scars at one point in seven. It's like the the one on his chest where the locket was torn off to match the one on his head and the one on his hand and whatever. Are we yeah, ready just, for the true lightning round? Yeah, question? go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I have to add one. Thing. I'm gonna answer fast. Mia suggested or sent a fan art that shows all the scars. Um, whether or whatever point in time it is in the book, I think it's just really powerful. So there's like Harry with his forehead scar and his hand scar, 
There's Ron with the brain oh, scars, yeah. and then there's Hermione with the mudblood scar. Mm. It's just kind of crazy that they all ended up with something. Well, I if Hermione has a scar on her neck, right? Huh? Does Hermione get the mudblood scar in the book? No, that's a movieism, but oh, it's a very well, good movieism geez. in my opinion. You're right. No, uh, that's why I, I was saying that mistake. That's why I asked, and I wanted to see yeah. if I was still wrong. That's why I was. That's why I was saying maybe it, like she would have had a scar in her neck, but from where Bellatrix had her knife to her throat. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, sorry to be that. Okay. Okay. So, neck, neck, True lightning round. True lightning round. Yes or no only. Are we ready? This is from Patia again. Maybe. Okay. Did Dumbledore do the right thing with handling Harry's involvement with everything? <laughs> So loaded. What? Say it again. <laughs> you can't ask that. No, I didn't hear well, it. Well, we just did. Did Dumbledore do the right thing with handling Harry's involvement with everything? Did we get I the can't answer that? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. Yes. I think yes. Sure, I guess. <laughs> that is not a yes. Yeah, I don't but. know. Uh, the answer I want to give, I can't. So I'll just say yes. I can see what, both What do you want to say? Maybe. No, it's just there's too many factors involved to I say mean, a clear, definitive yes. That's, that's an unfair yes or no question. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kendra asks, do you think Phineas felt any sorrow for Sirius personally or just for the last of his line? I think personally. I do agree personally. I think actually he probably got to know him a little bit from him being yeah. at Grimald Place all the I time. Agree. And I they think probably like formed to put a relationship. On, like hard facades, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, for sure. He seems like the type to to be a lot of talk well, and, and have and some if emotion. He's willing to like fight for the the light side, basically. Like you, then you know that he's probably is more, uh, more. Um, his thoughts are probably more aligned with Sirius's, and like they all like they all seem like pretty rough people. Those the Black family, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, easily could have never frequented that painting in Deathly yeah. Hollows or and helped. Yeah. I mean, he is literally the reason that Snape knew to go to the Forest of Dean. Yeah. So how else were they ever going to get him into contact? That was it. You know, when you say you're a product of your environment and you grow up with everybody in your family basically being Death Eaters and believing in blood supremacy. And maybe he did think that maybe he thought it was just time to change and he saw what happened that because of this, his family's gone. Can portraits take in... Okay, so the way that portraits work, because I'm just thinking to myself, um, maybe what if he didn't feel those things like during his life, but this portrait being in Dumbledore's office and hearing these things and seeing these things and and seeing what Dumbledore stood for, you know, all the the time that he was headmaster, could that have affected his views and changed his mm-hmm. mind on things? Mm-hmm. Can they take in new information like that? It seems like they can take in new information. Does do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think they can. <sighs> they just like as far as like the personalities as far as that person's previous knowledge know. about that person, they can't like grow more as their person. Does that, that sound really weird? But I don't understand portraits. It's interesting. Be- yeah. Yeah. All right. Questions, man. That is all. That's all. That. So that means. Wait, didn't Katie say she had a question? Katie, I did. Did you? Did you? <gasps> Meow! Oh. He does. has questions. Meow. He has lots of questions. I think that today is a pretty big day, though. 
What does that mean? What? <laughs> because Gryffindor won the House Cup. Mm. Did they cheat? I don't uh, know. Can I get a roar, roar? No. <laughs> Meow. You can get a I'm coming back. Claws out, baby. <laughs> Kiss my fur. <laughs> oh, my God. Kiss my mane. Kiss my mane. Congratulations. Congrats, Gryffindor. Thank you. Um, I would like to thank... Me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the bingo was like a whole line of Tiffany stuff. <laughs> and it was a Gryffindor that won it. So shout out to Bingo yeah. going to Patrizia and Gryffindor. I like. I Way like, to go. Good game. Good game. Thank you good to game. all my Gryffindors for showing up today. Showing off today. Rightful number one spot. I love you. Are we ready for the fan story? I'm ready. What about a joke? Oh, wait, that That's comes after. after. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Yes, what I'm ready. got it ready. This podcast. All right. This one comes from March of 2020 from Tanya. What's up, ladies? My name is Tanya, and I am one of your, quote, older listeners. Shout out to my Generation Xers. I was 24 when the books first came to the U.S., I didn't read them then, but I can remember hearing about a new round of witchcraft books that were getting banned in schools. I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised to hear we were still banning books, but as they were children's books, I didn't have any plans to read them. Time turned to about four years later, and some friends of mine insisted I had to read the series. I started reading and fell in love. One year later, my son was born, and the Harry Potter books often became our bedtime story, even though he was too young to understand them. Another year and a daughter later, I was ordering the books as they came out and began to watch the movies. I fell in love even more with seeing the locations and characters on screen. While the books are always better, the movies were magical. When my children were about 8 and 10, I gave them all the books and told them when they finished, we would watch all the movies back to back. They finished all seven books in about five months, and we had a full weekend of movies and treats from the Harry Potter cookbook. That's so fun. Now my kids are still huge fans and at 16 and 14 are a lot of fun to discuss the details of the books with. Last year, 2019, I did another reread to prep for seeing Cursed Child, a Christmas present to my kids in 2018. Late in 2019, another good friend told me about your podcast and how much fun it is. I'm a huge podcast listener and was intrigued. I started yet another reread to follow along with you and truly enjoy how much details you pour into each chapter, making me learn even more despite how many times I've read it. I've stopped listening to all their podcasts so that I can keep up with you. (laughs) Currently, I'm about a year behind, but I am an epic solo road trip. I have an epic solo road trip coming up, and I'm looking forward to catching up to present day. I'm Mm. a Ravenclaw, and my wand is maple with dragon heartstring, 12 and a half inches, and pliant flexibility. My Patronus is a little owl. That's adorable. That's really cute. And my Ilvermorny house is Thunderbird. What up? All perfect with my traveling soul. My son is also a Ravenclaw. My daughter is Slytherin and my husband is a Hufflepuff. So clearly your husband is the coolest. Keep up the amazing job. (laughs) (laughs) You're all super cool. Immediately feels bad. (laughs) She's like, wait a minute. When you make a joke and it just fails. Okay. Keep up the amazing job and don't let the muggles get you down. A phrase I never realized was actually in the books until this recent reread. Cheers, Tanya. Love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I love how you approached 
the uh, series with your kids. That's really, really yes, cool. Yes, that's so cool. I love it. I love it. And I just love the perspective of like, and I think it's funny because we, we have listeners of all ages, which is so cool. But like every time we get anyone that is like young or quote old, whatever, they always like point out like, I'm one of your younger listeners or I'm one of your older listeners. <laughs> I just think it's really cute. Um, but thanks for sharing your story. And I'm, I don't know how you, everyone has our voices in their ears so much, but I'm really grateful for it. Yeah. 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 That's just a lot of me. Well, us, I guess. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> wow. Things Sasa says. All right. You ready for a joke? Now I want a joke. What is a good name for your phoenix? I don't know, Katie. What? Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because there's ashes. Oh, Oh, that's great. Good times. I have a a burger joke. (laughs) How does a burger introduce his wife? (laughs) To Meet Patty. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I have to text that to my mom right now. That's hilarious. What's uh, what was um, Steve Jobs' favorite burger? Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> all right. Is that all the jokes? <laughs> Oh, here's one that's bookish related. What do you call a Burger King on a deserted island? Lord of the Fries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So good. All right. Make sure that you follow your hosts on social media. Myself and Katie are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Petrus Family. Tiffany's on Twitter and Instagram at TiffSwish underscore Flick. And Sarah is on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. Ding! (laughs) Okay. So what am I doing? Tell me the life and lies of Tiffany O'Malley. What? I said, tell me the life and lies of Tiffany O'Malley. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know lies. (laughs) That's the lie. (laughs) Uh, Self-care? I bought new face stuff last night. There you go. Yeah, she sent me a link to every single one of them. You asked what I bought. You could have just told me. You didn't have to (laughs) Yeah, but I didn't remember what they were all called, so I just did that instead. And well, okay. So wearing a mask is like taking a toll on on my face and I didn't have to wear, I wasn't, first of all, at the beginning of all of the pandemic, I wasn't going anywhere. So I didn't wear a mask. And then I only wore it when I went out, which I barely did. And then I worked from home, which I didn't need a mask for. And so now that I'm back at work, it's like wreaking havoc on Mm -hmm. my skin. And yeah. It's just a mess. And so I'm trying to take better care of my face, which I should have been doing that anyway. Um, my birthday is coming up. As of this recording, it's this Saturday. My birthday is April 17th. It's a great day. Happy um, birthday, T-Ray. Hey, thanks. 
But I do have information to share on um, books that I've been reading. So I am on chapter 13 of A Court of Thorns and Roses. And that's really, really good. And I enjoy it. And I'm going to be able to read more on Wednesday. Going to go get my hair done and bring my book with me while I sit. And then I've been doing um, Audible. So my plan going forward, and which I have been doing for a little bit, is I'm going to have a book going on Audible and then like a book, go like a physical book going. So I finished reading on Audible um, Star Wars Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn. And it is uh, Legends material. And I don't... It, it needs to have a sequel, but and I don't know what that's called yet. Because it ends on very much of a cliffhanger. So I need to get the second one. So that was about a little over 13 hours long. And I really, really enjoyed it. So that's a good book if you like Star Wars. And then today I started something completely different. I started Escape from Camp 14 by Blaine Harden. Oh. I was going to pull it up to read the little <laughs> bit. My bad. So um, it is says on the cover, and this is on Audible, one man's remarkable odyssey from North Korea to freedom in the West. And it is um, read by the author. It's much shorter. It's uh, about five and a half hours long on Audible. So I'm going to be um, reading that for a little bit of a palate cleanser. And just, you know. Working out, uh, focusing on my nutrition a lot more. I guess that's like self-care. Just like trying to actively make uh, better nutritional choices for myself that give me more of that natural energy from food. I'm going to try not to like depend on a million coffees a day. Like I got one, I got one this afternoon because I knew I was going to be staying up later, but I really want to make sure that I'm like eating fueling foods and natural, like not processed stuff, which I feel like I'm going to be pretty good at. And that's me. Awesome. I too am going to try to eat less processed food. Um, I've been trying. There are moments where we slip up, but, you know. It's hard because the whole world is processed. The whole world. This is true. <laughs> it's easy to just be like, well, that's an easy dinner. Let's just do that. Right. I know. Um, so I have, I'm still working on Annie LaRue. Um, I did actually start reading that Dumbledore book today, but I kind of like went straight to the middle and just read the part on Order of the Phoenix because we were talking about a pretty important Dumbledore section in the episode today. Um, but it is really, really good. And I want to go back and like start it from the front and finish it. Uh, my dad comes tomorrow to visit. Ooh. And I'm pretty excited because like, Katie and I kind of were talking about this and like, I haven't done a quote vacation with my dad, like since 2013, when he came to visit me on my Disney college program, when I was working at Disney by myself and like Katie wasn't down here. No, that's 2011. 
Yeah. It was like 2011 wow. is the last time that like I did a vacation-y thing with my dad. So, I mean, he's just staying with us. It's not like we're like going to hotel to a hotel or anything, but um, we still like have things planned around the city that like we haven't ever really done before. So I'm excited. We're going to like hit up top golf with him. Um, maybe do some putt putt at Disney. I've never get some good food experienced your dad outside of like Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, so I'm really excited for that. And I also, um, got a part-time job just like, to get some I'm benefits so for me for and Katie. You. I'm so excited. So, um, you know, because over here in good old USA, all benefits are attached to a job. So I needed health insurance, but it's only part time and um, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. So nice. My turn. Yeah, go for it. Hmm, let's see. I'll mention something Meg's going to be mad that she didn't mention. Uh, Self-care has been listening to Taylor's version of Fearless. Oh my gosh, have I not (laughs) talked about that? Oh, the last time we recorded, it was like the eve of. Yeah, Yeah, it was. Um, It's super good. Shout out to to our girl. She's awesome. Um, I was successful in catching a shiny Pokemon and Pokemon Sword, (laughs) and I almost cried. I was so excited about it. Caught a shiny zigzagoon. Stoked. It happened while I was listening to the new Fearless when it first came out at like 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, What else did we start playing? Hmm? What else did we start playing this week? What did we start playing this week? <laughs> World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> started, I've started Nerd. World of Warcraft. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, yeah, my best friend Chrissy invited us with her husband to try it out. And it's Meg put it perfectly that if we just dove into it ourselves, I don't think I would care for it because it's very overwhelming. But um, Matt and Chrissy are both very patient and like any questions we have, they explain it all. Like, they just know a lot about it. Well, really, Matt knows a lot about it. Yeah. So it's been fun because it's like an excuse to hang out virtually with my friends up in Ohio. So. Yeah. It's like it's like awesome. this, but with other friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's been fun. Yeah. That's about it. Um, what have I done? <laughs> it sounds so dramatic. What have I <laughs> done? What have I done? What haven't you done, Sasa? Um, I read another book and it was kind of like a I think it's considered a romance book. But it was really good. I mean, it was just like a whatever. So I read. I'm two books away from hitting my Goodreads. <laughs> Goodreads for goal the year. for the year. For the year. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, April. <laughs> um, I had read. So like last episode, I had read um, the Shadow and Bone series. Like that, I read those the three the the three books of that. Like starting, I think April 1st is when I read it. Um, And then I have like the Six of Crows. It's in in the same universe, like the Grishaverse, I think is what it's called. Um, So I'm going to I have it. I'm going to start reading it either tonight or tomorrow. 
Um, I have those. This is like a duology. It's six of crows. And I don't know what the second crooked kingdom might be. The second one. I don't remember, but I have those. I'll start reading them. Um, and then I bought more books whilst recording today. Um, <laughs> and in between that, I had read like a, a romance book on Friday, which was just a nice palate cleanser of not being a fantasy book, which is all I've been reading basically this year. Not completely, but, um, and then this past weekend was my birthday. So I actually was able to spend time with my friends, which was really, really nice. We went, um, and had French food. It was so good. I got my friend to eat escargot. So good. Um, and I had a chocolate crepe with Nutella. So it was, um, dark chocolate. It wasn't Nutella. Why did I say Nutella? I I got dark chocolate and, um, strawberries. So I, we had like an excellent time good wine. Um, and then I got to see some more friends on my actual day of birth, which was nice. And my brother made margaritas. So it was nice seeing people I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, and we, we had a good, good time. So it was a good weekend. It was nice that I was out for the first time in months. Um, it rained, but whatever. I think, I think the tribe won all weekend. I could be totally lying, but I think they did. So, yeah. I want to try to go to a game when we're up in Cleveland. I thought about going. This cool. I just wonder how cool. hard tickets are going to be to get because there's limited they, spacing. They, they they're stagger only how them out, they um, release them. Yeah. Yes, they're like staggering. They're, they're only they... releasing them a month at a time. So are they going to be like, you got to get online to get them really fast. No, you probably could go online right now. I went, I literally went last week. I almost bought tickets for Friday, but mm. I didn't want to go. Cause I was going to, I'm like, it's kind of chilly and I don't want to be like outside, like downtown and be cold at a game and sitting where I want to sit. And cause I like to sit in like a certain space. So I get that. But yeah, yeah, I had a good, a good time. Um, yeah. And I've been reading, and that's literally all I've done. Did laundry finally today. Laundry. I literally been putting off for days, and I was like, if I don't do laundry, I'll have nothing to wear at work. <laughs> We've been uh, trying to clean for my dad's visit, and it's been fun. <laughs> Woo-woo. I feel, yeah. Isn't it crazy the amount of things that you can accumulate in such a small amount of time? Yes. And space? Yes. Ugh. I wore like wedges for the first time and obviously like a year. Did they hurt your feet or were they good? They were fine, but it was just like, also, why am I doing this? <laughs> you looked really stinking cute. Thanks. You're welcome. You're well, yeah. I got to see my friend's baby. Oh my God. She's so stinking cute. She was feeding her at her house. Her name's Ilia. And she's very her. pretty name. <laughs> she started passing out in the chair. And then she's like slumped, like so. She picked her up and she's like slumped over in her mom's arms because she's out. Milkman, <laughs> this is so cute. Yeah, she's a cutie patootie. But yeah, that's all I did. Hung out with some people. Hmm. The weather was gorgeous this weekend. We're gonna oh, record nice. a new Padawan. Yeah, on Thursday. We Actually, were, we were talking about going we are going to be recording since we're recording this currently on a monday we don't have to put this in the podcast because it doesn't matter to the listeners listening to this part Mm -hmm. but discord tiffany and i are going to be recording at our usual swish time so Mm -hmm. we were thinking maybe 
we'll talk about Star Wars on Thursday. If you guys want to listen to in on us talking about the Padawan transmissions. Perks of being a Swish and Flick patron. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all these yeses so far. That's cute. You guys can listen to us talk about how much there's inconsistencies with And things. how much we don't know how to say things. <laughs> Do we like Yoda? Do we not like Yoda? We don't know. Padawan's fun. No, we're actually going to be reading some uh, fun theories this week. So... It's a chill. It's a chill pod. Okay. Anything else? What's this for? Hmm. Disagreements on Discord. That's what it's for. (laughs) Or disagreements in Dumbledore. Disagreements in Dumbledore. I was going to say, like, you know. Oh, it's for the way you look. Meow is for the way I want some food. It's for the only one i see Ooh, if biggie's eyes could shoot extraordinary dagger. all right well let's this for iggy and dinner for dumbledore and disagreements for discord and destruction for discord and discourse <laughs> there it is that concludes this week's episode thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down <gasps> amazing just <in> my voice <laughs> Do you want me to talk now? Yeah. I would love to hear I'm just buying books on Amazon. Get out! I buy the Dumbledore book! Alright, what else? You said books. There is um, <laughs> a Star Wars book in there. Okay. Books. And like three other books. <laughs> Give me the books! Um, okay. We notice. <laughs> Chapter 37 of Swish and Part one of three. Hello? (laughs) Department of three part. We're on Discord. FYI. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I was just like screaming a swear word. Reminds me of childhood memories. We're in a mood today, Discord.